brought to you by Chill Fit Cryo. Are you suffering from sports injuries, chronic pain, sleep disorders, or depression? Are you willing to try something that only requires three minutes of your time? Then you need to get some cryotherapy from Chill Fit Cryo in your life. Our friends at Chill Fit Cryo in Tempe, Arizona, have been helping people with these issues for over 10 years. I've actually been seeing them for over five years to help me with injury prevention and rapid injury repair. When I tore cartilage in my ribs before a pajama wrestling tournament, Paul and his team got me back on the mat as quickly as possible. Uh, my drugs of choice are full body cryo and the cryo zone. Chillfit Cryo has allowed me to sleep better due to my shift work and also recover faster from workouts. Some of the benefits of cryotherapy include reduced inflammation and flushing of toxins from the body, increased blood circulation and increased energy, improved sleep quality, targeted rapid injury repair, decreased fatigue and soreness, and a bunch of other things. Chill Fit Cryo, Recover, Reset, Restore. They're located on University and the 101 in Tempe. You can find more information about them at their website and on Instagram at chillfitcryo.com. That's C-H-I-L-L-F-I-T-C-R-Y-O. Chill Fit Cryo, Recover, Reset, Restore. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. Today we have uh, a couple of individuals in here, a couple of pajama wrestling practitioners, Mike Smith and Matt Gillette. Uh, Matt is the owner of Gillette Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, he's out of Gilbert as well. Uh, Mike is uh, one of his students. We're kind of in here to, to learn Matt's journey and kind of where he came from like everybody else. And then we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about kind of coaching dumb wrestlers like Mike and I and <laughs> Mike's journey through through all that stuff and everything else. So Matt, Mike, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. So Matt, how, kind of how we do it is we take you back to your childhood and you just kind of start from there, like where you were born, like where you went to school, and then any any interesting stories kind of along the way that shaped you to where you're at, and then we and I'll, I'll ask a bunch of stupid questions along the way. Okay, leave all the child abuse out? Or no, you can leave that. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't be the first. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, my name is Matt Gillette, uh, originally from Bellflower, California. I grew up there, born and raised there. Uh, it's a shitty place, uh, about 10 minutes outside of Compton, uh, right on the border of Paramount. So uh, it was nice growing up for a little while, and then gangs kind of took over. Drug deals were on the corner all the time, prostitutes on the corner. I knew what a woman of the night was when I was like, you know, six years old, and the lady down the street kept walking in different outfits, and I'm like, why is this? And my brother's like, oh, that's a hooker. And I'm like, all right, well, that's a hooker. <laughs> so uh, not the best place to grow up, but definitely a cool, cool vibe and formidable years there. And then uh, me and my wife got married and decided to move out to Arizona, and I've been out here since, so that's kind of like the short condensed version of how I got to where I'm sitting right now. All right, where'd you go to high school? Like, <laughs> you playing fucking sports? Come on. <laughs> now, now the interview question yeah, starts. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't do any sports. I'm like literally the most unathletic individual ever. Uh, I didn't even hear the word, you're athletic, until I started jujitsu. Uh, he's the first person to ever call me an athlete or that I have any sort of athletic <laughs> bone in my body. <laughs> to this day, I still can't throw a softball or a baseball. Um, my wife ended up teaching me how to throw uh, <laughs> so that I could somewhat teach my sons how to throw. So I did you know, continue on the cycle of that. Um, but I remember actually trying to be an athlete one time. I went to a baseball camp or whatever it was, the season. And the coaches had me throw balls and catch balls. And I can't catch, I can't throw, I can't hit. <laughs> the only thing I could do was run. So he made me run laps a lot. 
And uh, halfway through the practice, when we were running a lap, I just decided to jump the fence and not come back. I went home, and that was the end of my uh, <laughs> baseball career at that point, you know. Uh, my dad never taught me how to throw a ball, so I just tried to wing it. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? I did. So I have uh, two brothers. They both surprisingly do know how to throw a ball. Uh, I don't know if dad just took more interest in them or they learned from a neighbor. I'm not really sure, but they know how to throw a ball. I don't. Um, and so, yeah, that high school was Bellflower High School. I was... Kind of a bad kid. Yeah, say so what kind of kid were you? Yeah, so were you on this curb smoking cigarettes? No, or? not cigarettes so much, but I was kind of a shithead, uh, <laughs> in the sense that I, I was a class clown, you know. So I'd yeah. act out just to mess around. Uh, I was smart. I'd get good grades on my tests, but didn't do any of the homework. Kind of just too cool for that, or too smart for that to just do dummy work. And uh, ended up getting expelled. Uh, I got like you know something like twenty suspensions and just dumb little stuff like yeah. we let the air out of the security guards' tires of their bikes or <laughs> you know one time we went we had photo class and like we turned on the light when everyone's finals are getting uh, so it just oh, destroyed gee, everyone's like... film so that was one time and then uh, one time during photo we went to the teachers' lounge and we ate all of their food but we took pictures of ourselves eating their food laying on the teachers like couches that they had in there for their teachers' lunch so just stupid stuff like that that. And then one of the last things was like an assault and battery type thing. And so I ended up getting kicked out, went to continuation school, got 4.0 there. What's uh, continuation school? So continuation school is like for other rejects or people that okay. don't cut the line. It's like breakfast club. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> what's funny though is all the teachers there were also kicked out of the school, this, their previous schools too. So they weren't cutting it either. So it was like literally a school for just like the dejects and the rejects of society. Like we're going to send you here, you know? Yeah. And I remember the first day walking in, I saw like a bunch of girls, you know, and I was like, oh man, these girls are kind of cute, you know? Yeah. And they're walking to the office and then they walk out with strollers. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the school I'm at now. So yeah. it was for like teens that were pregnant, people that had been kicked out of other schools and then teachers that sucked or got kicked out of their school for whatever reason. So ended up graduating six months early from there because it was a cakewalk compared yeah. to regular school. Totally dumb. Like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> literally you, you could take a test and get a credit and you have to have like 240 credits <laughs> and that test would take you like an hour. Why are all my books pop-up pictures? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was like the school for the bad kids, you know? And there right. was The cool thing about that was like there wasn't ever really any, there was one fight only the whole time. Because at that kind of school, like, people actually fight each other. You know, like, where a lot of a high school, it's, like, yeah. jockeying and your friends are holding you back. or like, hold me back. Right. Where this school, like, everyone was bad. They've all fought before, so they would actually get down, you know? And right. so there was no, like, jockeying for position. They understand what violence was. Exactly yeah. right, yeah. There yeah. was only one fight ever there. There's, like, these three uh, gang member chicks jumped another chick. and Jesus. Uh, but the chick <clears throat> stabbed her in the neck with a protractor. And Jesus. Ended up winning the fight against all three chicks. So it was pretty <laughs> impressive. But that was the only fight there at all. How many yeah. students were in that thing? Uh, there was probably like, I'd say a hundred. Okay, maybe yeah. hundred and fifty. That's a rough hundred. Yeah, yeah, we had like a, right there, dude. And it's funny because I remember being in elementary school, which was subsequently right across the street from the continuation school. Right. And my teachers would be like, "You don't want to end up like these kids." Like, and I was in the fourth grade, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, they're out at twelve o'clock. Like, that seems really cool." And then lo and behold, I end up there. You this know? is a good deal for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But like when you were you when you were old enough, you could just sign yourself out. It like literally, it was the least amount of work possible. It was a four-hour school. That was my day. Jesus. I, 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 we started. I th we got out at twelve every day. That's and if amazing. you went, this is this is how much they reward the bad people of society, right? Uh, or the people that don't try hard. So if you went four days, you could buy out on Friday. 
Yeah, so if you went Friday. Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday for those four hours, yeah, then they give you Friday off. Yeah, furlough Friday. Yeah, so yeah. it's like going to school in Hawaii. It worked it. out yeah. great. <laughs> From there, well, dude, I don't see because like I don't know, Mike, you're the same way. Like I always played a sport. Like what the fuck do you do <clears> after high school? Like so, like after school, they're like, what are you doing? So I, I shouldn't say I didn't play a sport, but it wasn't conventional sport. Uh, so I did used to race motorcycles. Okay. My dad got me into that um, when I was younger and did really well in that. Like. Uh, street bikes or so like no, not motocross. Street. I would motocross and okay. outdoors and desert. Okay. So like some of the Enduro desert. Shit. Yeah. So yeah. some of the deserts were like a hundred mile courses. You know, you're right. on the bike for a while. You have to pit and stuff like that. District 37 and AMA races in California. And we'd race at Glen Helen, the motocross stuff, the Grand Prix. Um, so growing up, I had that to focus. So you were an athlete, dude. Like that's, well, that's, yeah, you got to be pretty athletic. It takes a lot of strength motorcycle. to hang yeah, on for that sure. stuff, dude. For sure. But if you miles. can't catch a ball, you can't. I mean, I guess looking at it from the guise of what the traditional athletics are. You know? You've seen wrestlers play basketball, right? <laughs> no, I haven't, actually. Hey, we can play. Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of defense. You yeah, <laughs> yeah, might take an elbow to the face or something like that. <laughs> so, if you're not bleeding, it's not a foul, right? <laughs> So no, just not the traditional stuff. Like I gotcha. snowboarded, I skateboarded. So oh, you're an athlete. Yeah, then, there dude. was a. Yeah, but that's... still, I'm I'm fat. I'm a fat guy. I'm not an athlete whatsoever. But uh, I knew how to move. I understand movement. I guess. Yeah. Well, which is super <laughs> important, right? Like yeah. But we have a buddy that's hell on a mountain bike, like one of the greatest mountain bikes ever. He can't throw a football either. So there so we go. That's Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. That, that we're more coordinated with our feet. Yeah. I mean, like on a that. motorcycle, you're using a lot of your feet. You're shifting, you know. And yeah. I could play soccer, I guess, a little bit. So just maybe not my hand coordination. All right. So you landed in Arizona. When? How old were you? So me and my wife, uh, so I stopped racing when I was 21. Uh, my last race, I had broken three ribs and broken my femur. I still won the so race. You've always been kind of dumb. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so here's the thing about that. My mom was like, all right, you're turning this age now. You're going to be off our insurance policy. I don't want you to do the race. I'm like, I'll be fine. And it was a 100-mile desert race, a national uh, hare and hound. Uh, and it was in the it was Red Mountain or something like that in California, but is 115 cool. uh, degrees, and she's like, just wait until you get on insurance, or if something happens, I'll be fine, and that's famous last words, and so uh, I'm fifth gear pin, and I step off, uh, do a flying W, fall over the handlebars, <laughs> break my femur and my ribs, thankfully my bike's oh. still running, and in the desert races, they have a thing called a sweep, where the sweep comes by, and they sweep up anybody who's broken down and picked up, and I was already in first at that point, like second overall uh, for engine class. And I'm like, well, I can either sit down the last 20 miles because I can't stand or wait in this hot heat, you know, and just bake for the next two hours Fuck until they that. get me. So I ended up sitting down, racing the last race, get in and ended up getting heat stroke on top of that. So <laughs> had to wait a couple of days to go to the hospital so I could get insurance and then go to the hospital to Jesus. act like it happened after the fact. Sorry, I don't know if there's a limitations <coughs> for that. That didn't happen. Nope. Uh, that there's did not no. happen at there's all. No. That good. did not happen. You're totally fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Why are you uh, talking about murdering somebody? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, you're good. There's yeah. no statute for that. Yeah. Uh, so then after racing, kind of like, all right, well, this is not good. I'm not going to make it. You know what I mean? At, at, at racing, you turn pro around like 16. Uh, I had a falling out where my dad sold, uh, didn't let me race anymore. Basically, I had bad grades, got kicked out of school. And yeah. I lost. <laughs> Rightfully I lost, so. Yeah, I lost, I lost <laughs> my one ride. And I think that kind of attributes to jiu-jitsu. Like, I remember being a prospect for Team Green Kawasaki, which was like the big team back then. They'd give you like two bikes, and you get a mechanic, and you get all your races paid for. Yeah. And so that was my ticket. And they're like, we're going to watch you at the next race. And then my report card came, and it was 6S because I wasn't going to class. And so then my dad's like, all right, you're not racing. And I hated him at the time. I thought it was his fault. But yeah. in, in retrospect, he did the right thing. Team right. Green would have kicked me off anyways because I didn't have the grades. They want well-rounded individuals, well-rounded kids. So after that, you know, a couple years later, I bought a bike on my own and started racing again. But by then, it was kind of too late. Yeah. So anyways, we, we get married and come out here and then just get into the ebb and flow of not having anything to do. Like with racing, 
if you're in the gym training or working out or riding the bike, like you have some sort of result to see. Oh, hey, my cardio felt much better. I could I could do two uh, two tanks of gas and not feel as as beat up. But in life, I'd go to the gym and work out and hit that plateau. And you can only lift the same weight so many different times, so many different yeah. ways. Then you get bored and and you keep losing the same twenty pounds over and over again. Well, so. that's what Mike and I talk about. Like I was never like people are like, oh, you're a big lifter. I'm like, no, dude, I only lifted to supplement whatever sport I was doing. Yeah. And like, and when that sport's over, it's like. I don't want to fucking go to the gym and lift fucking weights for two hours. It's fucking stupid. Exactly. Like, I care less. Yeah. yeah. So. There's no bigger purpose for it. No. No, I don't want to go work out every day. No, neither do I. <clears throat> there's a bigger purpose to working out. It's yeah. not just, yeah, it's not. And like, no no offense to anybody that's a bodybuilder or a pilot for like that, but it's just not my thing. No, we work on go muscles, not yeah. show muscles. I'd rather touch men in pajamas. Right? <laughs> and mo- most of those guys are extremely unhealthy. You know? Yeah. Like, they're, that's not the health, uh, no, healthy yeah. figure of a human being. You know? For sure. When you have to turn sideways, and <laughs> you can't wipe your ass because you can't reach it. You got no conditioning. Yeah. yeah. I just got to run around this guy for a minute and a half. Yeah. He's going to die of a heart attack, and then I take his back. I'm good to go. Yeah. All right, so you're in the gym. You're like, fuck, this sucks. And then yeah, and so you know, for a couple of years, just was fat, you know, gained a bunch of weight and did nothing. And then how I got into jiu-jitsu, I uh, had a friend that was in the Marine Corps and uh, they did MICMAP, which is Marine Corps Mixed Martial Arts Program. And, uh, you know, he had only, he'd been out of school of infantry only a couple of weeks and he came to visit. He's like, hey, let's roll. And I mean, what do you mean roll? He's like, well, we're going to grapple. Like, it's like wrestling with submissions. And I was like, ah, it doesn't really sound like my cup of tea. Right. And at that time, I, I was bigger and like, you know, I could bench like 350. So I would go to the gym and I felt like I was pretty strong, you know. How old were you? Uh, I was probably like 26, I think, or okay. 20. Yeah, I was like 26, 25. So just stop being retarded. Exactly. Yes, yeah. my, my, my adult brain actually started right. to develop. First adult decision, you know? Right. And so, and he was like 140, and he just mopped the floor with me. He tapped me out so many times, and I'm like, if this little guy can do this to me, imagine what somebody my own size can do. And so I signed up, and then, you know, uh, signed up. At, I actually did like a three-day course at this karate school that was by my house because they said it was jujitsu, right. and ended up tapping out one of their black belts like, the second day, I'm like, this is not right. Something's <laughs> wrong here. I suck. And so then I found out Power MMA was opening and then okay. started to sign up and I met Andre and that's where I've been at ever since under Andre. Okay. So what year was that? I'm not good with years like when people come back yeah. like that. So uh, in March, I think it'll be 11 years. Okay. So, I you're, started. So, you're tw- so you started when you were 26? Something, 25, 26. Yeah, 25, 26. Yeah. And then 2002, three? Something. I'm not good at math. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if we Something. if we extrapolate 11. Yeah. Did you start like at white belt? Did you were 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 you like one of those dudes that was in the gym like fuck? I love this. I'm here fucking eight twelve days a week. Yeah, so <laughs> I definitely like uh, bought it hook line and sinker and like that was my addiction. Like so, when I started going to the gym, it was like oh this is awesome, you know. And uh, I wouldn't say I took onto it quickly. I got my ass kicked a lot, but I went in with a much different mindset than most people did when they first started. And I kind of attribute that to my progression, my quick progression there. Uh, when I first started, I was in like a room full of a lot of the ASU guys. So like you'd mm-hmm. have like Ryan Bader, CB Dalloway, Aaron Simpson, a lot of those guys. And not only that, like Quentin Pruitt and other guys that are, didn't fight MMA, but they did wrestling and jiu-jitsu. So like I didn't have any wrestling experience. Like we talked about earlier, I wasn't going to try to stuff my singlet and I <laughs> right. couldn't, couldn't get over the singlet. So, it's okay. It's uh, not for everybody. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. It's, it's right. for the real yeah. men. You know? yeah, it right wasn't thing. for me. Yeah. So I knew I was going to be a guard puller. <laughs> uh, destiny. But uh, so... You know, going in there, my mindset was much different than other people. A lot of people go in and they bring their ego. Not only is that a good recipe to get hurt, but they also stay in there and their goal is to try to win, you know? And uh, you see a lot of people get hurt. And especially the attrition rate in jiu-jitsu is so high, very hard. A lot of people, like, meat grinder emotionally, physically, mentally. 
And my philosophy was going with the growth mindset. Like, I want to learn this as quickly as possible without getting hurt. And my goal is not uh, to win. It's to get better every day. If I'm seeing progress, that's going to ultimately, you know, equal me getting better and me winning more. And so I wasn't afraid to lose. I literally, like, my goal was to get tapped out as many times as possible <laughs> and as many different ways. And people were like, that makes no sense. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard yeah, that. But well, what I want to do is get fucked up as far as possible. And, and, and look, there's some people that are there for different stuff, right? You're like, why does this guy like to be choked so much? Like, everyone's here for different reasons. I'm okay with it. That wasn't necessarily my reason behind it, but it really worked out really well for me. And I tell a lot of my white belts that are starting out that story, you know, and it's like, my goal was to get tapped out as much as possible. And reason being is the more I tapped, the more I had a larger understanding of the game and the different ways I could be tapped out. And only that, you see a lot of guys that are like fighting an arm bar and they're fighting it when it's completely straight. And it's like, man, you're already at the yeah, end. You know over, what I mean? Yeah. And A, you have, the you have the likelihood of getting hurt because of that. And then B, you're not really learning what led you, what steps led you to get to the arm bar. You're looking at the end result as opposed to what, how, that, how that all start, how that all transpire. And so the more I tapped, I realized, oh, shit, I'm getting armbarred. If you get armbarred 100 times, you're going to start figuring out why you're getting armbarred. Oh, I keep giving him an underhook. I'm still or trying I to keep, figure it out. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> eventually you get you Adopt my philosophy for the next three weeks, you know what I mean? Three easy payments of 1999, I got you. You'll be good. But uh, so, no, I, I attribute that, though, is that my progression was much quicker. And especially when you're at white belt, you're learning just your defense. You're not going in there unless you have prior experience in some sort of you know, uh, transferable martial art like wrestling or judo or, or MMA or something like that. For the most part, you're getting your butt kicked almost every single day. And so I knew that was going to happen anyway. My goal was to get as, my butt kicked as fast as possible, as soon as possible, as many times as possible so that I could understand that larger vision, you know. And when you're at a white belt, your whole game is really developing your defense. And so my defense was able to develop much quicker because I wasn't trying to win. My goal was like, I don't care if I win or lose. My goal is to get better every single day, 1%. And then by a month or two or three, man, now I'm starting to tap these guys out. Now I'm starting to figure out the game. Whereas like you spend 30 seconds fighting an arm bar. If I would have tapped 29 seconds ago, I'd have 29 more seconds added. And it's a game of numbers. You know what I mean? Like Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hour theory. If I can get my hours in, I'm going to get to this point much quicker than somebody else, you know? Not only that, like years and months of training is relative, you know? Like, back then I was going three times a day. Like, I really, like, bought Jesus, it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And where I was at, uh, work-wise, I was able to do that. Uh, so I was a delivery driver for a company, and, like, they would have me, I'd work, I'd train on my lunch break for the afternoon class, I'd do the morning class, and I'd go and do two uh, night classes. And so, like, my, I reached my hours much quicker than somebody who's yeah, been training sure. four years, and they train, you know, two hours, uh, uh, two hours a week. I mean, it's, it's, it's an hours thing, you know? So, yeah. So white belt, uh, how long did you stay white belt? It's like five and a half months, and okay. then uh, which is relatively quick, especially like under Andre's standards. But I started catching a lot of people. My game back then was very unique. It was just a different style that a lot of people didn't have. You know, now they call it like the Kimura trap. Back then, I was doing that okay. stuff before that even really existed, just a trial and error of stuff. Like that was another thing. Is like if you're <coughs> not afraid to lose in the gym, it allows you the ability to explore other things. And the more you explore other things, you get instant feedback. Like for me, failure is not a loss. Like failure is feedback. It's data that I can go back and write down and be like, oh, shit. Okay, this avenue I just tried didn't work, but that's okay. I realized that I probably shouldn't do that. If I do that, I get my back taken or I get choked out from that position. But a lot of times in trying uh, different things and not being scared to tap, you're exploring different things. 
and then you figure something else out that somebody maybe hadn't seen back then or somebody hadn't got to that point because they weren't willing to come off the beaten path. Right. And so, you know, that was a big thing that I had where it's like guys play so tight in the gym that they don't explore these other positions because they want to <coughs> win. And then they get to the tournament and they get in this position that, and then they're exposed and they have no idea what to do in there. Yeah. My goal was to like try different stuff. If it doesn't work, great. Instant feedbacks. Well, I the guess. gym's where you should be trying all that. Exactly. Like, that, I, like that's your lab. Exactly. I tell yeah. my guys, that's the laboratory. <coughs> we want to experiment here. I don't care. I'll tap a million times in the gym. I don't care. I'll tap to a white belt. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is a tournament. Then it's playing for keeps. Then it's playing for real. And then I play my A game. You know, and there's time and place. If I'm getting ready for a tournament, obviously I want to play my A game like for that week or two building up to it. For sure. After that, go back to explore mode. I want to experiment. I want to try to add new stuff to my game, you know? So early on, it's like five months, started catching that. And then did my ter- first tournament. I think it was six months in at Blue Belt. And so I remember driving there and being like, fuck, why did I do this? Like, <laughs> why did I sign up? You know, and uh, I drove separate from my family. So I, like, I remember like almost pulling off and I'm like, I should just go home. Like I can say like I have diarrhea. I don't feel good. I have the flu and no one will say anything. But I'm like, I have a caravan of like 10 of my family members. Oh coming. shit. They're all coming. Yeah. Man. And so it's like, I can't, I can't bail out of this. So, so I can't up, be telling people your goals. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Just don't say anything. Cause then yeah. there's no exit strategy. Exactly. Um, yeah. There's accountability then. So, uh, <laughs> I go to the tournament and uh, I win my first two matches by submission and then I lost in the finals to a really good guy. Uh, he had been training, I think, like four or five years for one of the top blue belts in the state at that time. <laughs> Sandbagger. Yeah, and so <laughs> I was like, oh shit, you know? Well, I mean, total time, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, four or five years. So he was at the end of his blue belt and that was my first blue belt tournament, but I felt good. And then after that, I'm like, it was one of those things that it kind of brought back that same thing in racing. Like, so when I was a kid growing up, I wanted to race and, you know, be a professional motocross rider or be a professional desert racer. And not having that dream, jujitsu was like an avenue. Where like, hey, they still compete. Like, even guys that are older, they still do this. It's not a young man's sport. Like, you know, if if you're 20, you're not an old man. You yeah. know, like you were in uh, in motorcycle racing. And so I'm like, this gives me that same kind of feeling, same thing. I can prepare for something to do, and then I get to go compete against other people again. So I was like, I love you're this. Hooked. I'm hooked, and I'm gonna compete as much as possible. You right. know? Yeah, Paul, um, owner Chilford Cryo, he. He told me some crazy number. He's like, yeah, I think, he goes, I think Gillette has like fucking over 100 fucking submissions in like IBJJF tournaments. Is that a true statement? 202, right? Hold on. Let me look it up. <laughs> I'm not very good with numbers, but I write them down, but I'm not good at memory, memorizing them. Sorry. So I have 269 competition wins, 209 by submission. Holy shit. So, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. But like, that's my game. And so like, I love to submit people. Like we were talking earlier. Oh you know, yeah, like, for sure. You win by points, the guy leaves, and he's like, you hear it all the time, like, oh, well, how'd you do? Oh, I lost by two points. You know, the guy took me down, or the guy swept me and held me there. All yeah. right. But if the guy says, oh, how'd you do? Oh, I lost by submission. Yeah. It's like, there's, it's no, there's no other argument. Yeah, and not only that, like, if you're only winning by points, how really good is your, how, what's the effectiveness of your jiu-jitsu in a real situation? Yeah. Right? Like, if there was a fight for your life, there's no such thing as a ref or points. No one's going to stop you. But, right. man, if I have a guy in an arm bar and I break his arm, or I have him in a triangle choke in a real situation... I can put him to sleep or hold that until he expires. Like, okay, that is actually something that would cross over into real a real situation, you know. Right. But my goal is to try to finish everybody, you know. So yeah, no, and I think that I think that's like that leads to like especially in competition that makes for better jujitsu. Absolutely, right? Because it's not boring. Like guys don't fucking like you're not stalling on something or whatever else. So it's yeah, much much better. Did you start? All IBJJF stuff as a blue belt, or so I did a lot of the AZBJJF uh, at first because okay. it was the local stuff here. Right, um, did a couple of Nagas back in the day when they were here because at that time there was only a few tournaments that would come to Arizona, and then uh, I won adult nationals, 
uh, in the gi and no gi all by submission uh, at Blue Belt. Um, that was like my first IBJJF tournament. Right. Was that at Blue Belt Adult National. It's a different feel. IBJJF has a different <laughs> feel, right? Yeah. Like, like one and done and just, you know, highest level and everything else. Like that's a whole different ballgame, which I don't think people really realize. For sure. And not only that, like local tournaments are great. You're obviously going to get good good guys. But when you get to IBJJF, something big, like you're getting guys from not only all over the country, but sometimes all over the world. Yeah. So it's going to make you that much better, especially if you're come up in, uh, coming up through the colored belts, you know. That's things that can help you. You see something, maybe you lose to a guy that you're like, man, I don't know how he did this. And you watch the video, you're like, oh, and then you add it to your own game or try to figure out a way to counter that. And you might not get, you might not see that look and you might not ever fight that guy just if you stay in your own little bubble, you know? Right. So I feel like Ivy Jeff really does, they are the pinnacle as far as yeah. gi jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And there, there's no other competitions that are better that are going to bring out, you know, the, gi, the better competition sure. in the gi for yeah. sure. Um, so purple, brown, and then. You become a black, and then you're like, hey, I'm going to fucking up my own school? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, since I started jiu-jitsu, I knew I wanted to be a jiu-jitsu coach one day. Okay. Like, I just knew. Like, two weeks in, I was like, I want to do this the rest of my life. Like, train the rest of my life, but I would love to coach the rest of my life, too. This would, that's my, I was like, my new dream now. Right. We went from being a professional motocross racer to now, someday, I don't know how it's going to work, <coughs> especially back then, because, like, that was like before, like a, I mean, there was social media, but not like like it is today, and like there wasn't big big money in jujitsu, you know, where right. there is today, and like it's there tons. Was, there was only a handful. Money of, truck just left here. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, you could make yeah. a comfortable living. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, can make a living where back sure. then it was a lot harder to. And do some that. of these guys can make a really good living. Absolutely, yeah. you know, and uh, so yeah, I knew right away. I was like, that's what I want to do, you know. And so around purple belt. Um, you know, I would teach privates and stuff like that on the side and, to, you know, to make money so I can go compete and stuff like that. Right. And then at Brown Belt, I realized I really wanted to teach. And uh, I had just won, uh, won double gold at Pan Ams that year at Purple Belt and the one Masters Worlds at Purple Belt. And one year at Purple Belt, I had the, one of the best years of my jiu-jitsu career. Uh, it was one of the worst times in my life. I was going through, like, a bunch of stuff. I had been laid off. I was having uh, got diagnosed with like general anxiety disorder and like I having like five or six panic attacks every single day, and anyways that whole year was like internally really tough, but jujitsu wise I was undefeated that whole year. Like I had fifty six matches in my uh, division and I submitted every single person that I fought that year in my division. I lost three times, but it was in the open weight. And so, like, that whole year, I won everything. So, after that, I got it's my pretty brown belt. good fucking year. It was dude. a really good year <laughs> yeah. to be undefeated Jesus. in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Incredible for, sure. for that long. Yeah. And so, uh, I got my brown belt after that. And I'm at my office job, you know. And I'm like, fuck, I hate this job. This sucks, you know. Uh, I remember just looking around and being like, I'm this the walking dead. Everyone here yeah. is dead. Their dreams are dead. Yep. They don't have anything to do. They talk about their stupid coffee cups and this is not for me. I'm like, going to crawl my way to mental management. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm literally like just pushing yeah. paper and like, right. you know, I would get called into the office all the time for shit. You know what I mean? Sounds so, like high school. Reports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> sounds like your high school experience. Yeah. Very, mu- very much so was, you know, so, uh, I'm not the type of individual that needs, I can't be confined in something like that. That's why yeah. I like movement is such a big part. And jujitsu is such a big part of that. You know, that's, that's my outlet. I, I need to be able to move. And so being confined to something like that, it was just not for me. And so 
I remember. What were you doing? Like what? So it was an doing? insurance company that I worked for, and uh, like it was like a nice place. It was off Camelback and like Forty Fourth Street, like uh, yeah, down down the Biltmore. Yeah. yeah. So it was like really nice, big office building. You know, like, people right. made money there, and like there was opportunities there to make money. They'd give you bonuses mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. but it wasn't for me. I'd look like everyone had their blinds closed. I'd look out the window because I had a view of Camelback, and I'm like, man, I need to be out there. Like, <laughs> why sucks. am I here <laughs> right now? Like these are the choices. But at the same time, I had a family to feed, and I got to do what I got to do, and so. I remember writing my class syllabus while I'm supposed to be like in between calls and stuff like that. I'm writing my syllabus and I'm like, I'm going to freaking quit my job and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to teach jujitsu. This is at Brown Belt. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, this doesn't make like, okay. So it's one thing to not know what you want to do in life. I think that's a travesty in itself. That really sucks. If you don't know what you want to do, because you get one life. If you don't know what you're meant to do and you don't at least explore that option, that sucks. I feel like you've, kind of lived life half and it's another thing though to know what you were meant to do and in my case that was to teach jujitsu and then go do the exact opposite thing every day like that's a slow death i remember i'd be at the red light sometimes to make a left turn on camelback and i'd say fuck it and i'd make a u-turn and i'd start driving home i'm like i'm not going and then I'm like, Sounds uh, like your first jujitsu tournament. Then, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See this <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, I'm there and I'm like, and then I'm like, well, Uncle Bill, he's always there, you know, every month. Uncle Bill's going to need oh, this. So yeah. I got to turn around because I have a family to feed and I got to do what I got to do as a man. So I had to go back, you know. So I remember quitting and uh, I put my notice in and I just told myself, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to teach jujitsu. And then later, like, so I gave my week. Because I couldn't go two weeks. Yeah. Too much at that right. point. Too right to work, stay, dude. You give him a day. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm give him two weeks. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> literally two days after I put my notice in, I get a call. And it's from the manager at the UFC gym in Mesa. And he's like, look, I heard that, uh, or I'm sorry, I apologize. So, a uh, guy that I used to train with at Power, a Muay Thai fighter, was like, hey, do you teach jiu-jitsu at all? And he had followed me and we were friends. He knows I competed. And I was like, no, but I'm really wanting to. And he's like, I'm going to have a guy call you. And so the, then he, the manager called me. He's like, look, I already know who you are. I want you to run my uh, jiu-jitsu program. Right. And I'm like, done. Sweet. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, here we go. Like, and it's kind of funny because... What like, does it pay? It doesn't matter. Yeah. So at that point, <laughs> right. it, it didn't matter because it was like, look, right. this is like... It's just weird how things line up like that in life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, had I not made the decision to quit, maybe I wouldn't have got that call. You know what I mean? Or yeah. if I would have, I might not have been ready to leave. Yeah, I might have been So scared. literally started, went to the interview. He's like, dude, I already know everything about you. I want you. And so I started teaching, you know, from there. And and I was at Brown Belt. So that okay. was my first uh, job teaching. What did it pay? What did you just pay um, back then? I think it was like $40 a class. You're like, like fuck that. <laughs> Can we line all these classes yeah. up? So <laughs> I think I taught like three classes a day there. Okay. So it wasn't too bad. You know what I mean? Right. And not only that. It afforded me a lot more time to train, to train because sure, right? during that during those years, like I was in a different job where I couldn't train that much. I remember I'd go to the I'd go in the morning to power like at five a.m. and we're, we're drilling a bag that didn't have arms, it didn't have legs. <laughs> and Andre was fighting right. MMA and he'd come in and he'd see me, you know, and right. I was already there. But I did what I had to do. I couldn't make training. And one of the things you that were obsessed I, then, you uh, were absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like yeah. so he, to the point where I remember, I would I would take my gi everywhere I went. Like, we'd be on family, family and vacations and shit. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, everywhere I traveled, we'd be on family vacations, and I'm, like, looking up jiu-jitsu schools that are nearby, yeah. and I'm like, hey, I'm just here for two hours ago, you know, and train wherever I could. Like, I was, I'm still in that way. I'm still addicted yeah. to it. I love it. And so uh, I used to drive back from California. Like, we'd go visit California, and I'd drive, and I knew, like, all right, my car can make it to power with a whole tank of gas 
And if I don't stop and I leave at 4 a.m., I can make it for the last two rolls of the 10 a.m. <laughs> class. And so, like, I'd piss in a gallon jug. It wouldn't stop the whole way. Get out. My car's on fumes. Uh, thankfully, there's a gas station right by power. Get out and train the last two rounds. Just And I'd do yeah. that just to train two, uh, like, for 10 fucking minutes. For 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever, and so whatever. people are like, you're fucking nuts. And I'm like, yeah, well, I am. But yeah. it, it takes that to be successful. That would be great, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So. There's a fine line between greatness and fucking insanity. Exactly. So. And I haven't found. I walk it daily. No. <laughs> <laughs> mostly fucking retarded <laughs> more, more than more than anything um and then uh all right so so you're coaching there how long did that last so i think i was there for like a year and a half like i said i'm bad with dates and numbers yeah. uh that's why i try to get first all the time it's easy to remember you know <laughs> the count, this one the count, yeah, any higher than that. <laughs> right. just one but uh i was there and so there it was a corporate ran gym as the ufc gym mm-hmm. franchise and so like when i started there there was only a few members and Towards the end of it, like I had built like the kids team, I think I had like 35 people and then the adults team had like 38 people. And, uh, you know, the numbers were really good there at that gym, but their corporate wanted to close down all their corporate gyms. And so they literally gave like 48 hours notice that they were closing. And it was during us, I think it was summer break or spring break. Uh, I think it was summer break, summer break. And so like a lot of my kids were like on vacation and traveling with their families, schools out. And so literally closed down. I had only a few people's like contact information, you know, and I was like, all right, well, I want to open, I want to open a place so I don't have to lose my students. I want them to have a place to train. Right. And I lived in Gilbert, South Gilbert, and the gym was in Mesa, like mid Mesa. And so I'm like, I got to find somewhere in between. So like, I'm trying to hurry up and find some, uh, a building. So I ended up renting out a clubhouse that is uh, close by my neighborhood and I have to lug the mats there every day, but they would only give me a, a couple hours a week there. So I was like, uh, I can't do that. But yeah. we only missed training. Like the guys that stuck with me was only uh, maybe 48 hours. And we were able to set something up where we could get back to training again. A lot of the people's contact info I never got. So like, I, I mean, it was like those people probably came back and like, hey, the gym's closed and they have no idea. Right. They didn't know my information or anything like that. So, and I wasn't going to go like stalk them or yeah, sit, go sit outside the gym or anything like that, you know? Right. So uh then ended up trying to get a building trying to get that and we went through the whole leasing uh deal about the sign and then they just kept raising the price towards the end right so i'm like all right screw it ended up losing every student i had except two because they'd still train with me today and gotcha. so then after that i'm like all right i'm gonna do my own thing and uh figured my garage and formatted into a jiu-jitsu place and got air conditioning there and it's what matted wall to wall and so right. that's where i'm at now and then currently in the process of looking to get a building out in gilbert now yeah, there's that 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 jump into a retail spot can be scary if you're you know because you got a family to feed and stuff like that and and then you know most of those leases aren't aren't a year like if if like you can get a year lease great but not they're gonna be two three four or five years absolutely and Gilbert is just insane for their for their rent like I was looking at a couple buildings and uh, one of them was <coughs> like seven or eight grand a month for like oh, eighteen hundred square feet. And yeah. I'm like, that's insane. That's not where a jiu-jitsu spot's supposed to go. So, <laughs> right. You know, and I'm I'm comfortable where I'm at. I kind of like having it being my own little area. You know, I don't have to right. worry about landlords or tenants or anything like that. And it also allows me to kind of pick and choose who I want. Like there was a point where like I closed off my school, wasn't taking new students, and this was before COVID. But I was like, I want to do an experiment and see like if I kept. And didn't take on any new students. like So that means I didn't have to take time teaching a new kid how to tie his belt or teaching an adult how to tie his white belt or teaching him how to do a bump and roll. What if I had a one core group of kids and adults and I only focused on those individuals? You know, a small number, like 30 people total. 
and I focus my talents and abilities on that and really see where they could go in a year, you know? So it was kind of a cool experiment then. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we got to build after this and <laughs> right. start getting new people. But there was a time where I would t not take new people. They'd you know, message me, can you put us on a waiting list, you know? And I was like, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll put you on a waiting list, you know? And then when it was time, we went to that, you know? So And, and for marketing, sometimes that actually works in your favor because it's, it's more exclusive. Absolutely. And it makes you sought that. after. Yeah. And then people want what they always, they always want what they can't have. Exactly. So if they see that, they're like, oh, this is great. You know, and at that time, I actually, like, it's one of those things where I only had a few classes then, so I didn't really have the space to accommodate other people. And not only that, I wanted to see where my kids and adult team could go if they only could do this, like, a private club thing for a year. Right. You know what I mean? So now I have multiple classes. You know, I teach four classes a day. So That's I, a lot of classes to teach. Yeah. And then, and then you're teaching all of them? Yeah. So yeah. I teach them all myself. Coach Mike over here helps me out with the kids' class. So uh, How'd you guys meet? Uh, one of the <coughs> Todd was going. He had his Reedhead. 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 He had his, Reedhead came through your gym too. Uh, so he would. Uh, his son, Legend, uh, Legend, yeah, Legend would train yeah. with me for a little while, then uh, got into football and stuff okay. like that. And that's how. So Todd, because I was looking around for gyms for for Hudson. He said, "Hey, bro, you need to come over here." <laughs> yeah. He said, "He's bald like you, so you can trust him. You can trust him." And we tried a couple of, there was a, there's like this karate jujitsu gym that was by where my daughter dances and it's right by the house. I was like, oh, we'll check this place out. And it was walked in. Sounds legit. Immediately <laughs> bad vibe. And then they were like, hey, just so you know, you pay up front for the year. And it was like, you know, $4,000. Yeah. like, yeah. no sounds, way. Sounds good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll be right out here. And so then I was talking with Todd and he told me about Matt's place. So we, we stopped in and. Had Hudson do some classes and okay, and then you know, and I was just sitting in the fringes, just kind of watching. I think I did a couple of drop-ins here and there, just you know, wasn't like fully involved, yeah. you know. But and then just kind of sat back and watched, and then had that hernia surgery and was like, okay, in, in January I'm gonna I'm gonna start, right. you know, and then finally started, and then yeah, and then after that it was. All downhill. Yeah. yeah, and we're gonna make a guard pull out of him eventually. No, no, <laughs> we're not. We're not built that way. Version, no. yeah. version two point yeah. <laughs> We'll know how to pull, but we yeah. just won't pull. Like that's what I was telling Scott today, uh, like this morning. I'm like, like what I've been doing in here lately that you've been seeing. I'm like, this is not my competition game. I'm like, oh, so, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll never end up there. Well, but that was the other day. He told me it was like you have to pull, and no takedowns. And we were doing like a like a. Guy stays in like a shark tank. Yep, yep. And so I'd taken a couple of diet guys down, and he's like, no more pulling or no more <laughs> takedowns. You can only pull. So I went to go, went to fake pull, and then I ankle picked. And I was like, oh, I tried. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. That's a, that's a setup, right? Yeah. <laughs> pull guard to the ankle pick. That's, <laughs> is, this is not what I meant. Is Mike your first collegiate wrestler? Uh, that I still have with me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I had a couple guys that wrestled in college uh, at the other gym, but this was a long time ago. So. Gotcha. How is it to coach a wrestler? Because I, I ask Alex, my coach, this like like all the time. Because we're not the easiest. Because we're gonna kind of push back a little bit sometimes. For sure. <laughs> so I feel like there's two different mentalities in jujitsu and, and uh, wrestling. I feel like in wrestling, if it's not working, it's because you're not working hard enough. You gotta drive through that thing. You're not doing it hard enough. And right. I feel like in jujitsu, no slide on wrestling, but right. we're trying to figure out the easiest and most laziest way possible to yeah. make it work without having to do that maximum effort and maximum hard work. So we'll try to work a little more intelligent. You guys are like brute strength with technique as well. But like, hey, it's not working. You're not going hard enough. you got to go hard. you got to right. push through to shoot through that guy. Um, I talk about it with him all the time. I'm like, hey, in this situation, what would you do in wrestling? And so you can kind of see some things correlate really well together where they're like, oh, yeah, that's similar to what we would do in jiu-jitsu, you know, like with the wizard, you know, with mm -hmm. the underhooks and stuff like that. 
And then there's some things I'm like, oh yeah, that would end up bad because you don't you don't have a lapel in wrestling and the guy right. can choke you from here. And so it's cool to I I really like it because I can pick his brain about stuff that's re- wrestling related. And he'll sometimes come to me and show me a, a wrestling move and be like, hey, what do you think about this for jujitsu? Are there any dangers in this? So. I like having somebody who thinks completely different than me uh, because it makes me a better coach, too. It makes me have to understand m- multiple as- uh, facets of the game, you right. know. But not only that, it's just having that resource there. Like, he does a great job of helping out the kids, you know, with stuff that I, I'm not a takedown guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Can I do a basic takedown? Absolutely. Can I show somebody how to do a basic takedown? Absolutely. But that's not my bread and butter. So my bread and butter is the guard game and stuff like that. So I feel like he really compliments the other side of it and helps me out with a lot of stuff. So I love having him on the team, and I, lo- I love having wrestlers in the gym, you know? Yeah, and, and I know Alex and I have talked about this before, but I know earlier in jiu-jitsu, we got kind of shunned. Like like wrestlers, like in general, like they always held stuff back from you or didn't want to coach them up as much because from what my, my understanding is, wrestlers kind of took away the mystique of like the black belt like way before like you know 20 years ago because they they could go down there and take a black belt down or do stuff like that so they were kind of like kind of held off in the corner and maybe not showing everything at at first but i feel like now especially with like all the daisy fresh stuff and all those guys it's like dude the wrestlers like even on flow like last year at at milgi worlds are like the wrestlers are taking over like at blue belt for sure absolutely and I think it's great. I love the influx of that. You know what I mean? It's only going like rising tides raise all ships. It's only going to make jujitsu better. So there might be a period where you get a lot of these wrestlers that are come in. They're just destroying everybody. Right. But what's going to happen is jujitsu is eventually going to have to catch up to that. And that's the beauty of jujitsu in itself. There's a counter for everything. So just because there's one move, there's a counter to that, and there's a counter to the counter to the counter to the counter, and the endlessness of jujitsu. So it's going to be what gets derived from that influx of wrestlers you mm-hmm. know what i mean what new moves have to Be come about hybrid to try to something. figure something out you know like that's just that's basically what jiu-jitsu is it's a problem solving thing well You're you see some of the jiu-jitsu stuff actually um uh converting over to college wrestling too like some of the lower weights in college wrestling like they'll do some shit that jiu-jitsu guys do that i don't think it came from wrestling no i've seen some guys do like a dars type choke yeah. and do like a gator roll with the dars yep you know which it's super tight, and I mean, it's almost choking guys out to where there was a kid from Michigan State who was doing it, and they actually outlawed it in collegiate wrestling because it was it was people messing up. people up so bad. Yeah, Alex always says because Jake and I think you know Jake too. He um he always says to us like I don't ever want to change who you guys are. Like you guys are wrestlers, and like you're gonna fall back on that. Like you're gonna be a good scrambler, you're gonna do this stuff like that. He's like I just want you guys to be able to adapt jujitsu to the point to where you're not fucking being a wrestler. Because I'm Mike will probably say the same thing. But for me, like, first six, seven months, I was just fucking wrestling. <laughs> that's all I was doing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's been one of the biggest benefits of me helping with the kids' class is because I kind of skipped that whole white belt teaching, learning the basics of jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Is going to kids' class, I was learning... <laughs> So much from just being the the practice dummy in kids' class. Like learn how to tie your belt and shit. Yeah, because I mean, I didn't do anything. I still you know? don't know the how to triangle tie escape. At. The triangle <laughs> escape. That, yeah, you had to use it in worlds. We literally taught it in kids' class the week before. It's good. You know, it's good. <laughs> but but uh, but and he calls me unconventional. He's like, you do shit, and I and like you hear that a lot with with guys that started as wrestlers. They're doing jujitsu now, like. Uh, he's like, you do shit that you shouldn't be doing. He's like, it works and you get away with it because you're just so unorthodox. I'm like, yeah, we can scramble like a motherfucker. Like, and we're good at sensing the danger. Bef- yeah. We don't, like for a very long time for me, I'm like, 
I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I know this shit don't feel right, and I need to go this way. I need to <laughs> fucking disappear out, <laughs> out this way, because if not, something's, something bad is going to happen. So we're, I think we're a little more intuitive with it, and I just, in the body movement, kind of what you talked about, Yeah. like body movement, we understand our bodies, and we know how to move. Absolutely. And it's a lifetime of movement, and you can't, you can't teach somebody that, right? That has to just come over, over years and years and years and years and years of doing it. Absolutely. I think like learning how your body moves in an adjacency to somebody else is huge. And in wrestling, you're having that close contact all the time. You're learning how your body moves. You're learning how other people's body moves. So that's the biggest, I think, uh, uh, thing that's going to help with somebody coming and transitioning into jiu-jitsu. Yeah, they don't have to worry about chokes in wrestling. They don't have to worry about you know giving up their back in wrestling. But just learning how to move and how to control and how to keep a base how to transition weight, that all those things are basic tenets that you're going to learn in jujitsu, and they already have that coming in day one, you know? And the beauty of that is like, all right, so I don't have to teach this guy something. I don't have to teach him his top game. He has a good idea of his top game coming in. I have to tweak little tweaks here and there, like, hey, you got to be careful of the guillotine when you're shooting your shot, or you got to be careful of a loop choke, or you got to be careful keeping your head low in certain positions. A lot of wrestlers like to cradle, you know, and that may that arm in there you may uh, end up in an inverted triangle and stuff like that. So there's little habits that we have to kind of try to eliminate. Yeah, we have over. bad habits coming in. That you For have sure. To oh, my God. You know, but you also have a lot of good habits. So what I mean right. is, like, it, it's, it's easier to modify that, I think, than somebody coming in brand new who doesn't know how to even know what a base is yeah. doesn't have a base of fitness and doesn't know how to even like move or transition their weight properly and the toughness thing it's just yeah right? absolutely like i don't think the there's another athlete on the, another athlete from any other sport that is tougher than a wrestler right i feel like like i said go back to that point like you guys work harder than anybody else and if it's not working it's because you're not working hard enough fucking do it harder bro yeah, that's why we're firemen perfect like just that's why we're helmets yeah, just do it harder <laughs> just do it harder just keep doing it harder it's eventually gonna work itself out no that's not how it works and that was something me and you talked about at worlds was the that wrestling mindset of just if it's not working go go harder go harder and brandon was like hey watch watch the black belts like watch matt when he's they they get into a position that's just even a little sketchy and they're gone and they're out and they're like trying something else. Magicians, yeah, like, poof, they're gone. I'm like that motherfucker. And it took when you said that for me to watch and be like, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. Because otherwise, it was just you know you get into a position like a double under or something, but you kind of let that arm sneak in or yeah. you know, and it's like, well, they're gonna set a triangle. That's okay. I'm just gonna squeeze harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and that's one thing that I that I notice is. People will hold on to something way too long. Like, don't ride that motherfucker to the ground, dude. Just fucking, if, if that position isn't there, just go the fuck away. Because you can't, like, on good guy, like, you would, you think if you're 205 pounds, like, oh, I got this 180-pound guy, I'm just going to power through that motherfucker. Like, it ain't going to work sometimes. Sometimes it will. Other times it, you're, you're going to end up in a bad spot. For sure. And that's where, that's where, back to what Matt was kind of saying, like, I tell everyone, they're like, well, what's jiu-jitsu like? I'm like, it's fat man's wrestling where fucking stalling is encouraged. In certain gyms. Yeah, yeah, no. Not at all. But I'm like, but I'm like it's just you, you're, you're going to move more methodical and you're going to want to scramble less and you're going to want to, like, you have to know when to explode out of positions or stuff like that, but you can't just go out there fucking full, fucking full gas and you think it's going to end up okay because a, a skilled guy is going to take advantage of that. For sure. And, like, back to what you were saying, there's a lot of guys, you watch high-level guys, They'll disengage all the time. They come in, they didn't get the look they liked, they disengage. Yep. Where less experienced guys will kind of stay there and kind of play into that game, and then maybe they don't know how to pass that 
certain guard and then they end up getting submitted or swept where if they would have disengaged and came back in and got a better look, got better grips, then they're a little more uh, likely to pass that guard or have a little more success where a lot of newer guys will kind of settle into that position and just accept it, you know? Yeah, and, and that's actually something that we talk about like on a regular basis. It's like, like, like someone will send me something short, so I'm like, you're not going to get to step four. I'm fucking shutting down step one, dude. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to let you fucking do that to me. There's no fucking way. But um, uh, disengaging and, like, fe- and, and, and sensing the danger, that's something that I kind of figured out early. I would just back the fuck out, like, yeah. all the time. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I'm, I feel like Maverick. I'm disengaging. <laughs> There's no fucking way, dude. For sure. Backing out of this thing and, like, going out the back door or something that – that, that I did really, really early because I'm like, I could disappear out that back door because if not, like, if I stay in front of some of these guys, like, they're going to fucking murder me. And yeah, absolutely. Because it happened over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So, all right, so coaching, back, back to coaching him, like, what was your first tournament? Well, so, I, I did a tournament when I was, I went with my brother to, to, to Paul's gym. I remember that. Mesa, and I was, I was maybe there for three weeks and because of the wrestling in college, I was immediately or, you know, pretty quick given a blue belt. And then they were like, hey, you should compete. And I was like, well, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. So my first tournament, I actually wrestled or fought a guy from Mark, from Andre's gym. Okay. And he got me in, I think it's spider guard, which, dude, I felt like Pinocchio. He had me, and my his legs were in my arms, and I was just, I could not, for the life of me, get away from this dude. And I, I, I it was so frustrating. And then... What pissed me off the most is I spent a hundred bucks for one match, <laughs> you know, and and so you know, and then uh, you know, following that, then I got sick with colitis and then had the stroke and the heart surgery, and then you know, and then just life and taking the captain's test and all that. So it was like I was out of jiu-jitsu for four years, probably. Oh wow, I, three I know it was that long. maybe three three years, four years, okay. something like that. And then um, then we found Matt's gym and. And then I put Hudson in there, and then so I was watching and watching from the fringes, then kind of researching Matt, you know, and and watching his and like seeing the 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 way he fought, and then the mentality, that submission mindset, you know, it's kind of like I equated it to uh, like how the Vikings when they would go to try to take over a land, and they would <laughs> they would burn the boats. Yeah. There is no retreat, <laughs> right. you know. What I mean, we're not leaving here. Yeah, we're we're either gonna die here or yeah. we're we're taking over. Yeah, you know. And so I really appreciated that mindset. Because it was kind of like a, a wrestling mindset, mm-hmm. you know, but in a lot more methodical We're process. falling on your back at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in pajamas. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was so much more methodical than wrestling, you know, because I put Hudson, my son, into wrestling, and he didn't really like it. He didn't? No, he. Yeah, I, I put him in a tournaments kind of early. Kids. Right. And, <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he, you're a dumbass, Dad. There's no way. <laughs> oh, and he got whooped, you know, by like these little little kids who had been wrestling for five ever. years or whatever. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, Hey, that, that's all the kid does is wrestle. Like throw that kid a football. I guarantee you can't catch it. Right. You know? So it's, so I wanted him to do a combat sport, you right. know, cause I really think that's important in life is to do something like that. And so he found jujitsu and he loves, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if I had to pick one or the other for a life thing, for a life skill, I'd probably teach my kid jujitsu. Yeah. Cause that's good. I agree. It, it, cause your, your wrestling window is pretty small. Oh, like, 100%. Like, you know, even if you start at eight, like, it's only going to be in, like, you wrestle through college. Comparatively, you can do jujitsu from eight to fucking 80 years old. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine, like, wrestling competitively right now. Yeah. Even, you know, being 40, I couldn't, I could not imagine doing it, you know, competitively at the level we're trying to do it at jujitsu. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I fuck. There's no way. Because it's just it's just a different grind. Yeah. You know, a different grind on your body. And I was thinking about that. I'm just like, yeah, there's no fucking way. Because I because even in jujitsu, like even in practice, if I take five shots, like that's gonna be a lot for the day. Yeah. Because most guys are gonna sit or or or, or I'm gonna try something else or whatnot. But like. In a wrestling practice, dude, you're going to take a lot of fucking shots. Oh, for sure. And yeah, and it's just, it just beats your body up. And, you know, like you said, I can work on pulling guard. And I, I, that's the stuff that I'm starting to try to work on now to be, to kind of get more well rounded <laughs> right. at Blue Belt, yeah. you know, because, it, you know, going through this first season of competing, um, you know, I definitely saw where I was lacking. And the only thing that really, like, kind of helped me was rolling with Matt every day, you know, because, He's always going for a submission. Always. There's never a time where you are you feel like you're not going to be submitted. Right. Going with him. You know, so you're always like watching an arm or a leg or your neck or something. So you're always having to like process what's going on. Gotcha. Where then when you go with the other blue belts, you're not really I'm not having to worry about them all the time going for an arm or a leg or whatever. You know, and then I can wrestle and play my A game more. Right. So now like he said, it's trying to build that bottom game that I've been missing because the only two times I lost this year were to guys who were just better wrestlers. Right. You know, and, and it's going to okay happen, with, like, you know, like over a career, like you're going to run into a guy that's better. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. If someone's better than me athletically, I'm okay with that. If they're better. If, if they beat me because my fitness sucked, yeah. then that's going to piss we're me off. We're not going to lose on that. No, that's going to yeah. piss me off right. because I can control that, you right. know, but. Um, why'd you, why'd you decide to start competing? Oh man. So we were at, uh, we were at a, ki- uh, the kids tournaments and yeah. I don't know what it was, dude. It was like, we were getting a couple of the kids ready and like my son and a couple of the other kids. And one of the boys was like, oh, I'm so coach. I'm so nervous. Like, and I started getting like excited, you know, like, <laughs> cause I didn't want to compete ever again. Like I was done with wrestling, competing and just like, I just wanted to help my son and just, right. you know. I, I was okay with. I think I told Matt this. Like, I, if I'm a blue belt the rest of my life, I don't care. And that's what I told Alex too. Like, when I came to the gym, I fucking know exactly. I'm like, dude, I just want to work out, fucking learn some shit. Like, yeah, yeah. that's it. Like, I don't get fucking competing, dude. I didn't I have anything to like feel like I needed to prove anything. That's how I you know, was, and all like, yeah. that and and whatnot. But then, I don't know. It was just like I felt that little bug when that we were talking to those kids and got fired up, and then. And Matt, so my daughter was doing a dance competition in Vegas at the exact same weekend that Nationals was at. And he's like, well, if you're going to be there, like, why would <laughs> you like, not? Let me just plant this little seed right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> and he keeps doing that. He keeps planting these little seeds. And, you know, and so I was like, okay, well, and he finally talked me into it. And I, I remember it was the night before it closed. You were texting me. I was texting yeah, you, yeah. and it was like 10.30 at night. I'm at work, and I was like, <laughs> ah, fuck it. Okay, send. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just do it. You'll be fine. And then in the morning, my wife was like, what is $150 to IBJJF? <laughs> I signed up late. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. So funny thing is, is we're going to be competing in this tournament. Yeah. So. Oh, so she didn't know until after. She had no clue. <laughs> It was one of those. I'm just gonna beg for forgiveness. Yeah, no. you know, then ask permission type of thing. I forgot that was your first fucking. That's like your first tournament. For yeah, other than you know the one that I just yeah two weeks off of the off the couch. You know, my first tournament was Pans in 2020. Like I was like, fuck it. I'm like, if I'm gonna start competing, I'm like, I'm gonna see how good the best guys are. Like yeah, I'm gonna go right through. 
right there. It didn't work out very well. But <laughs> well, 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 it did, though, because it showed you where you're at. Right? Yeah, for and sure. you got hungry and you came back and you win yeah. Pan Ams last year? Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. It did its job. I, I knew uh, my first match, I don't win in that thing. And then the second match, I didn't, like, Alex, like, did you read all the rules? I'm like, nah, dude. I'm like, we'll figure it out. Whatever. I didn't know fucking any of the rules. I didn't know any of the fucking points and stuff. Like, I knew a little bit, but not. I probably should have spent 45 minutes kind of reading the rule book or something. I'm like, ah. You're like, I was on top. I yeah, won. I'm going to take these guys down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if my second match, if I you would have been a dude that didn't know like anything about jujitsu. Like that guy beat the living fuck out of that guy. Why? Did, like why did he lose? I scored no fucking points or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we call them almost jujitsu points, like the advantages uh, in jujitsu. If you attempt a move in 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 a tournament, their rule set says they'll give you an advantage, not a point. But sometimes the matches will come down to an advantage. Well. Uh, we call them almost jujitsu points. I think I had like eleven almost jujitsu points in that fucking match. <laughs> All right, so so you show up to nationals. Well, you sign up. Then what do you like? You tell him obviously. Yeah, too. I told him I was like, okay, well we're doing this, and I like I was I wasn't necessarily in like competition shape, right? You know, and then I was looking at my bracket, and like there was only two guys in it, well three with me total, and so I was like, okay. So then then I start getting into my uh, process of competition. I was like, okay, so the brackets come out. And I start stalking the the folks on social media, see who they are and what their background is. And then I pull up that one guy, and he looks like a cartoon character full of steroids. Yeah, I sent and you, I, was, I sent you like a picture of him, right, or something. Yeah, I was Dude, like, I'm like, oh, this guy. This is it. This is my first fucking guy I go to fight. Is <laughs> he, this guy? He looked like he's about six one, but he's actually about five one. Oh yeah, if that. <laughs> yeah, in the picture. He was as tall as he was wide, but just full of steroids. <laughs> right. And you know, and so I I kind of stalked him a little bit, and then. You know, it was like, well, fuck it. I know he's going to be strong, you know, yeah. but, and then, yeah. And then Matt was just like, dude, just play your game. Don't, we're not going to try anything. Don't, you know, don't be, don't, basically don't do anything stupid. <laughs> right. You know, it's don't try anything. It's good advice. Don't yeah. Don't tell everybody that. How nervous were you for him? I knew he was going to beat the guy. Uh, so that guy had fought one of my students maybe a year and a half before that. Okay. And my student beat him. And Mike was at a different level than that guy. So I'm okay. like. This guy's really strong, and I know he likes to clinch. And the goal was to not let him clinch, just so he doesn't snap you down and do, do anything stupid. I knew, I know most of the guys Mike goes against, he's gonna be able to out wrestle, right. you know. And that guy, his bread and butter was top game, and I knew for a fact he wasn't gonna take Mike down. So gotcha. I, it would have had to been like if I had to bet everything I owned, it would have been on Mike. And okay. if I would have, it would have been the biggest upset. In my life, I probably would have quit jujitsu. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. Fuck this. Yep, torch all my geese. I'm out of here. But and I'd only been under Matt for uh, six months at that point because I started with Matt in January. Gotcha. You know, and so I think it's just a testament to his coaching that you know he kind of brought me up under six months to kind of at least be to that point where I, I was able to win nationals at in, in no gi at you know at my weight, and then I. Yeah, I was. I got into the open. Oh yeah, I forgot you didn't fight in the gi. And and at, yeah, I, and I was. I was. I was nervous. I was like, I, dude, I don't know how this gi thing works. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah. All of this, you know. And I, I mean, me and you have talked about. It. Like, I, up until not too long ago, I wasn't grabbing grips on the gi. I was just grabbing people's wrists, like yeah. in wrestling. Like, what are you doing, dude? You know, like there's a whole no world shit. that you're missing right now. <laughs> right. You know, and so, and then he talked me into doing the open, and I, you know, I was like, okay. Well, and then oh, I was so pumped to watch you because I had I had left Vegas like already because I didn't do no gi yeah at that cause there wasn't I don't think there was I don't think there's even I, anybody in my class for that one for some reason because no gi is so much smaller uh, for people that are listening there's not as many people to do no gi but um, 
I had laughed, so I was like fucking in front of my computer watching. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, my you first had a good mat- run. Yeah, the first guy was uh, the ultra heavyweight national champ, and then the yeah. super heavyweight national champ in the finals, and uh, did did good. You know, and, and Mike, both those guys, and you fought middle. Uh, now when I fought medium heavy, because I wasn't gonna cut weight either. That was my right. thing. Is I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do anything extra right now for. You right. know, I'm gonna eat like normal and just show up and weigh in and and uh, you know now I'm. I'm you know, like for worlds, I cut weight and did. Now I'm like invested. Yeah. You fully. know, and now it's, I have, I'm not turning back now. Like, I'm, <laughs> no, fuck no. We're, no tomorrow. Yeah. Well, now we're stuck with it. Like, was the outcome what you projected it would be in Nationals? Absolutely. Uh, I figured he was going to dominate, you know. Um, he moves really well and he's a good wrestler and wrestled for a long time. And, you know, we were able to spice things up with some jujitsu, sprinkle some jujitsu on top of his wrestling. Right. So, I feel like he did good. Um, there was one time where the guy got him in some... So it's kind of funny leading up to it. And uh, it's kind of funny, like, you can think you put it out in the universe and sometimes it comes true. But <laughs> the week before, he's like, Matt, what's the buggy choke and how do I get out of it? And I'm like, all right, well, let's just... Let's drill enough to just avoid it instead of trying to learn how to escape it to begin with. And sure enough, in one of the matches, the guy tried to go for it. And, you know, yep. and I'm like, oh, shit, this is exactly what Mike had projected. And now he brought that into the universe. Oh, and it's one of the funniest videos I have now because the, the guy, and we're, we're friends now. John Church is his name. And Oh, yeah, he's on. Uh, that's member guy. I'm like, do you know who this guy yeah. is? And like, yeah, he's like, I fought him in Nashville. I was like, that's how he makes And he went to go do the buggy choke. And I hear Matt just, push his head down. <laughs> he's like, Holy shit, it's happening. Well, and that's actually something like, we should talk about, too. Like, in wrestling, like, when you wrestle at our level, like, there's not a lot of coaching that goes on during that match. Right. Like, at, you know, at that point. Like, when you're in middle school or high school, stuff like that. But, like, dude, with fucking jujitsu, I'm so thankful there's a fucking coach there. Oh, my God. Because they'll yes. say, like, answer the phone. I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I answering the phone? Like, with my fucking <laughs> hand. I'm like, like I'm, do- uh, I'm doing this, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing it for. And I'm like, oh, I'm blocking this guy's fucking joke or whatever. And he, and I'd have no fucking clue. I mean, we're coachable, and that's actually one of the funny things Alex ever told me. Like, when I walked off uh, the mad at pants for the first match, he's like, you're actually fucking coachable. I'm like, you think I was not going to fucking listen to you? But, like, having a coach on the side and just to scream shit at you is fucking dude oh it makes a world of difference especially at our level oh for you sure you know because i don't know what the f- i don't know what's happening <laughs> right. i just know there's an arm coming this way and right. i want to get it to go that way <laughs> right you know but yeah so it's it was great you know doing those and uh, that so that gave me a lot of confidence going into all of that right you know going into you know the, the following tournaments and so then that na- leave nationals you didn't go to pans right no okay i went to pans and then what was the next tournament? Nogi Worlds? Yeah. So that was about a two month, two months before Nogi Worlds? Something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it was, I think it was on October or something or uh, September. And yeah, then something like that. I yeah. You remember. So did your training change? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're still not in a gi yet. No. Like, that's not, a, like, yeah. Like, like, I was still like, not in a gi. Like and debuting this year. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, still not. But that was something that Matt also was real big on is that, you know, with the, being in the gi will help you with your nogi. Dude, and it's, like, and it's huge. It really is. And that's what I was trying to tell you before. Like, and Alex, he's, he's always fucking blown away. He's like, dude, I thought I was going to have this fucking awesome nogi team. It's like, all you wrestlers don't even want to fucking do nogi. I'm like, no, it's it, for, for me, it's boring. I feel like I'm going to wrestling practice. I'm like, I went to wrestling practice for a fucking long time. Like, the gi, and it's for, um, you're probably similar this way, but like, the gi, there's no fucking end. Yeah. It's much more technical, too. Yeah. And I think guys are always like, a lot of MMA guys are like, oh, I'm not going to train the gi. Like, or even if you 
when I apply jiu-jitsu to self-defense or in the real world, you're like, well, nobody wears a gi. Okay, that may be true, but the fact that when you, when you train in the gi, there's friction. In the no-gi, you have a slip and slide factor. Mm -hmm. So that can be used to your benefit, but it can also be used to your disadvantage. If you only train in the no-gi, I feel like your technique will be a little bit sloppier because you can rely on that sweat advantage. You mm -hmm. might slip in and out of a choke that you may not have got. In the gi, every step has to be correct because of that friction. Not only that, it's a more, it's a more technical game that you can slow down. Yeah. Your opponent's wearing your weapon and vice versa, so they're able to utilize those grips to tie you up, especially with some of the new guards like the lapel guard and stuff like that. Like You can really tie a guy up, and, it, and the, it's in their garment that they're wearing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it becomes a much more technical game. So I feel like guys that when they train in the gi, they learn how to do the technique correctly to like the letter, and then when they take it off, now they're still doing the technique correctly because they have that muscle memory, but they add the slip and slide factor into their favor. Yeah. And they're still doing it correct. You and know? I think for a wrestler, too, you should start in the gi, like, before anything. It Obviously, it, it's it's not going to hurt you, but your, your trajectory is going to be different. Um, because I didn't do, fuck, dude, like... I only really started doing Nogi shit when we decided to go to Nogi Worlds. Like, but I did it a lot. Like Jake yeah. and I were showing up at five in the morning and training and doing shit like that. But like, I feel like this is a totally uneducated, fucking stupid way to put it. But like, I feel like in the Nogi, there's only like five or six moves for a blue belt, purple belt kind of guy that you're that you really need to know to to be good at if you wrestled. But but out out like outside of that, because some of those guys at purple, they have killer guards in the Nogi, but I think you can do you can do pretty well in nogi if 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 you come from a wrestling background just like straight off the couch. Yeah, kinda. absolutely. At I the agree. lower belts. Yeah. yeah. At the higher belts, you have you know toe holds and knee bars and stuff like that. If you're talking strictly IBJJF rules, so that kind of changes the uh, you know the the outcome of the fight sometimes too. Where yeah. You're gonna have to worry about stuff that you didn't have to worry about on any of the other belts. Um, but I agree completely with that. Yeah. Well, well, I guess I'm not too retarded, but yeah, no. <laughs> so, so you start training for Nogi Worlds. Yeah, and then so now, like after after nationals, now like I now I have the bug. Yeah. And oh, we, yeah. We had we talked. We had lots of texting conversations. Big time, man. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay. So now my workouts at work are changing. My you know my diets. It's always good, but it's yeah. even more dialed in. And then I'm you know trying to I'm going out of my way. To go to practice even more, yep. you know, to get yeah. dialed in to go, and now it's built like the anxiety's building. I'm like, fuck, this is. I'm trying to ex like explain to people like what the IBJJF Worlds is. Like it's yeah. it's it's a big deal. Like there's there's literally guys from all over the yep. world that that are at this thing. You know, it may not be just in your weight class, but you know, it's 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 a big tournament. Yeah, you know, and I had I think just for for Nogi I had like 15 guys which you know I guess at my age it's a, that's a that's a, it's a decent bracket for that age um, and then going into it you know I, Matt he was like hey now it's time to start taking some more chances don't be stupid still but yeah. you know like let's start taking some more chances and and those 15 dudes aren't just normal 15 dudes well that's what Matt was telling me yeah. like you know the guys that are going to worlds they're, they're not they the, think they're gonna win it a hundred percent yeah like, it's not like I'm gonna show up and just to fucking have a match and pay you know airfare and a fucking hotel and all this shit to show up for, to, to get beaten 30 seconds yeah no they, and it's pretty much every guy was you know they're the top in their state or, you know, wherever they're coming from, like right. they're the guy, you yeah. know, they're doing really well or mm -hmm. at their school and all that. And they're trying to move on to that next belt or they're trying to, you know, whatever. And so it was, but it, so going into that, we had worked a lot of the Kimura trap and all that stuff. And I really, I really liked that position, especially on top because we liked being on top. Right. And so I was able to submit all of my guys, except for the finals guy who submitted me because 
you know, I gave my back because I was bellying down. Well, and there were some things that I didn't figure out, you know, until they. And Mike's being humble. That guy was on the Cuban Olympian. Yeah. Cuban Olympic team. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he did some shit to you. I'm like, oh, God, that guy's really fucking strong. Because I know Mike's strong. I'm like, that motherfucker's strong. Well, and he, you remember, like, the, so I was super <laughs> underweight then, too. So I weighed, I was 10 pounds under the weight class, too. So I was yeah. going in because, you know. With the fucked up scales or, or. With, yeah, with the, with okay. the scale. So yeah, who knows? I was like seven pounds under. I'm like, I'm never seven pounds under. Ever. <laughs> yeah. You know. But I mean, Matt watched that guy and he didn't tell me till afterwards. But he <laughs> he watched the his first match. He submitted the guy in like five seconds. Yeah, it was insane. And, I and think I watched. He just grabbed him, fucking just threw him with some crazy like <laughs> Russian. It was, actually, it was actually a move he was talking to me about a couple weeks prior. And that's, okay. you, so basically, from now on, I think we understand that anything you say actually comes true. 100%. So I want you to start I'm saying, the like, I'm, I'm going group. to win everything from now on by this and call it because it's going to come true. But uh, no, he, he was talking to me about this move, and he's like, oh, this is like a Russian tie-up thing where you can get a really good shoulder lock, but you can yeah. really damage a guy. I think he said you hurt his brother like that, right? I, I tore my brother's shoulder in high school doing it. Yeah. It's the exact same move. And so Mike tells me, he's like, I re-, and he likes to stalk people's pages and stuff. I don't ever really look people up. I kind of told him <laughs> yeah. there's a good and a bad to that, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And so you know, he's page-stalking them, and he's like, I looked up everybody. There's no wrestlers. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so then I'm watching his division when it starts, and I see this guy fucking destroy this he's guy in five seconds. Oh, and I'm like, monster. I'm like, wait a minute. Mike said that, uh, and I was like, maybe, because sometimes flow grappling's wrong. I'm like, maybe that's not medium heavy. Then I start looking at the bracket. I'm like, oh, no, that guy's in there. And I'm like, hey, Mike, uh, you should probably play pretty smart against this guy here, but <laughs> anyways, it, it, the guy was a monster. So it, yeah, it, it was a good match. And had you known a little bit more, then I think it would have done better. I think uh, can you beat that guy? Absolutely. You just have to change your game up a little bit. And yeah, well, I've told Brandon like I get complacent with my wrestling, especially, and it's it's a lazy part of me that I need to change a lot and I need to recognize it more. But we get into these matches, and I can tell these guys aren't good wrestlers. Well, I knew as soon as you got into that position, I'm like, he's never been there. And then when you belly down, I'm like. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing too, and that's something Matt's been working on me with is putting me in these positions, these these one off positions. Because I don't, I don't yeah. let people get there, yeah, I, I, or sure. try not to, you know. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what to do other than like the twenty years of wrestling. Well, you belly down. Yeah. So nobody, you know, sticks their legs in. Well, yeah. just like Scott said, you know, I don't want to get my legs in. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't either, but I'll I also don't want to rip choked. my neck off. So. <laughs> You know, so it was a really, really good learning experience, you know. I think those those moments are fucking huge, dude. I think those are bigger than spending, you know, 16 hours in the gym uh, drilling the same move. Like, you're like, fuck, dude. And I think leading up to that, and I always told him that, I'm like, look, that's why I'm trying to press him into the guard and stuff like that. I'm like, there's guys that you're going to have to fight differently. Like, there's outliers. There's yeah. guys just like you. There's mm-hmm. guys just like you. You may have yeah. not ran into them yet, but eventually you oh, will. Yeah. And if you don't have a plan to deal with them, yeah. you're not going to be able to out-wrestle everybody. I oh, ran yeah. into one. It was the most boring fucking match ever. The I fuck, the, the, uh, I ended up fighting a dude that was on the Olympic Greco developmental team and wrestled at Iowa. And we went zero zero through the fucking thing, and then we went into overtime, and they DQ'd him for fucking stalling. Yeah, it was the fucking like, it, like if you watched it, you'd have fell asleep in the first two minutes. It was for so sure. fucking boring. That's why I try never to watch jujitsu at all. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. My professor's always like, "You gotta start watching jujitsu." Like, I can't. No, I don't have the patience. For it. I like doing it, not watching it. 
But sorry, keep going. You're saying about... Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're going to run into those guys, you know? And so that's one of the things is like you need to be able to have a, a plan B, a contingency plan, and mm-hmm. be able to fight from other positions. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, to become well-rounded. Not just know? do a technical stand-up and then get back to yeah. your feet. Well, because like I said, like, <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, you could have the best wrestler or the best judo guy, and if the guy pulls guard on him in 10 seconds, then it kind of negates that. And now, now what are you going to fall back on, you know? And if you approach the same problem with the same tool all the time uh, not every problem calls for the same tool you're going to have to modify things you know right. the guy that and, and mike's ran into two of those outliers now you yeah. know what i mean and those are really good for him because those are going to be uh, growth moments for him he's mm-hmm. going to have to realize like all right there are guys you know coach was right there are guys that are are, are better wrestlers than me out here i'm gonna have to play a little differently and I, you looked good like you know the first two three matches or whatever the fuck they ended up being before that i'm like mike's on fire so yeah. some days i'm like he looks good and uh, had he, like, so, okay, after that first two that he gave up at uh, on the semifinals, semifinals, right? When you went against the stocky. Oh, so, at, yeah, at, no, Masters at, World, at Master yeah. Worlds, yeah. Uh, he gave up, up the two point. Not he didn't give it, but the guy, the oh, guy got know, the two yeah. on him, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike actually almost took him down and ended up, you know, getting into the. The guy had a good short shot. The stand, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was pretty short, he too. He was six inches off yeah. the ground. Yeah. And that's the thing is, though, like, had Mike had a little more experience in the jujitsu aspect of it and having that plan B, and, and that's what the goal is now is like, so there's that old adage in jujitsu where you're like, a lot of people say it. It's kind of bullshit if, if you really don't do the work but a lot of people are like all right you either win or you lose and i think that's bullshit entirely if you lose the same way over and over again that l is for a loss you didn't learn from the loss now if you get triangled your my i tell this my students this is like your goal is to never to lose the same way twice if you lose the same way more than once you have not learned the lesson that that showed you and so like if you're getting triangled three tournaments in a row (laughs) and you're not working on a your posture and leaving an arm in and keeping your head where it's supposed to be and you b don't have a plan to try to escape the triangle and have avenues to escape the triangle then you're going to set yourself up for another loss again and again and again until the the lesson will keep being repeated until the lesson is learned yeah and so the goal now is we've had that happen twice now and it's nothing that mike didn't do it's just it's Jiu-jitsu is a hard skill to learn, and it's a diminishing skill. And so, you know, there's times where he's busy and can't make it, and like, all right, skills are diminishing when it's that. But he hasn't had enough time under the belt to soak up the knowledge of the whole understanding of the game, which Mm -hmm. takes a lifetime to learn. So now we're working on this stuff from the bottom because, all right, he can't take the guy down in the first minute and a half. He realizes that. Maybe he pulls guard. Maybe he gets under the leg and footlocks the guy. Maybe he gets under the leg and sweeps the guy. You put that guy on his back, he's no longer the same way. If Mike tries to fight that guy at that guy's A game, it's going to be a recipe for disaster on his fault. Can he win? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the scale's graded the other way. Whereas if he tries to get him and fight him where the other guy's weaker by like exploiting that, by pulling guard, now let's see how good his guard pass is. Maybe right. his guard pass is not that good. I tell a lot of my guys who are like, oh, I like to play top game. And I'm like, all right, look, the chances of you re- out wrestling. So if, I t- if, you were to, if we were to work takedowns for the next two years, you probably wouldn't even be on par with somebody who wrestled competitively in high school. That's just the facts. If, if they wrestled since they were a kid, then wrestled in high school, especially if they wrestled, uh, wrestled collegially. So you're trying to fit all this in two years, what this guy has done in the last 10 years. Like, it's just asinine to think that yeah, way. You're fucked. And not only <laughs> that, okay, it takes two years for you to maybe get to a level like that, but in two weeks, I can show you a sweep that you can get on top with. Right. And if that becomes a money sweep, or if you have two or three good money sweeps that you can go like that, that's much easier. And that's the whole goal of jiu-jitsu is like try to figure out the problem. It's a problem-solving thing. I want to figure out the problem and the path of least resistance and where I have the most effectiveness. So 
it's not always like, all right, I need to get better wrestling this guy. No, figure out a way to beat him a, a different mm-hmm. route. You know what I mean? Not to play into somebody's strength. <clears throat> so we leave Texas. You go through whatever, pissed off, angry, whatever. And you're like, oh, we'll fucking do the gi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like, what was, was kind of that thought process? Uh, you know, now I'm, I'm even more motivated now to, to compete and, you know, represent Matt's gym and all that. And, and then, you know, the other thing, too, is like I think with the coaching, it's when we're coaching the kids, it's, it's good for the kids to see their coaches still competing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if they're physically able to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, because then, like, with my son, the way I, I, he can see, like, the preparation that goes into it and, you know, how I'm preparing when I'm, you know, I'm still doing workouts at home on my days off or, you know, right. training. Do you or, get that? Like, I get that all the time. Guys are like, fuck, dude, like, how do you prepare for these fucking tournaments? And, like, when I see you, like, this way or the other, I'm like, first of all, you have to remember, we've been in tournaments since we were fucking eight, ten years old or whatever. I'm like, so it's going to be a lot easier for us. I'm like, we love it. We understand it. Like, we understand how they control the nerves. But the only way to get to that point is you have to fucking do them, right? Oh, yeah. And that's, I think that's getting over that. Like, now, after those, those, because I only did three tournaments. They were, like, the three biggest tournaments that you can do. right. Um, I feel a lot more confident. I'll still be nervous as hell going into any tournament. something wrong if you're not nervous. You know, but, like, the preparation, one of the guys at work, he was like, man, I thought for sure I'd see you on the treadmill, just sprinting on the treadmill. I was like, no, that's not me, man. Like, I'm going to, like, I go in there on the off time when no one else is in there, and, like, (laughs) I'm shadow wrestling, and I'm, like, I'm doing goopy stuff to, like, mentally prepare, you know what I mean? Because it's... I only run when forced. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's what me and Matt have talked about. He's like, why do you why are you running? You know how to fight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't run at all. <laughs> <laughs> Unless something's chasing me, you know, there's yeah. a bear. Yeah, sometimes you got to run, but yeah, only, only run when forced. But yeah, like, and for the kids, like, if they see how you prepare, then you're a very good role model. Like, oh yeah, Coach Mike does this or this. And, and I think it it sets like a good example for the kids. Like they're, they're watching you win and lose, you know, and they're seeing yeah. like, okay, so coaches, you know, we, we look up to him and he's like this, you know, yeah. big time person, but then, oh, he loses. How does he handle that loss? You yeah. know, and, and does he, you know, give excuses and talk about, oh, well, this could have been different or, you know, I could have done this or, you know, this, this, I got cheated by the refs and, yeah. you know, or do you just put your head down and you just start working harder and try to figure out a better way mm-hmm. To win next time, yeah. you know, and I and I I really believe those kids are watching every single thing that you're doing. After a loss, you should come back and just choke all the kids out so you can feel better. Oh yeah, hold, <laughs> hold <laughs> them down. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get some of this badness out. You fuckers are all getting choked today. Well, I remember when, when I lost the pants, I came back and I probably similar or whatever. I'm like, I apologize to every single one of my partners before. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I gotta get some of this fucking badness out. Like, I just need to get this out, and that's where. Like having a good training partner like Jake, where you're like, I, I need to get some badness out, then you can try and fucking kill each other for as long as you need to to feel okay about whatever the fuck's going on. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, ha- obviously having Matt to roll with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, if I can do anything, if I can move him an inch, that's a win for me. Yeah. You know, so. The black belts for me are always the best roles for me because um, everything has to, be, it's a fucking chess game. Oh, 100%. And, I, and, 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 and they're not going to do anything. You know they're not going to do anything stupid, and then you shouldn't be doing anything stupid anyway, but like you, you really have to uh, think through every single fucking second with them, and that's what I like because for me it's the ultimate chess game, 
just with another person. So I'm like, I'm thinking the whole fucking time. And then those are those have honestly been some of my best roles ever is, is with going with black belts from wherever else. Yeah, and so. I, you know, like with, with my son, like for our, our comp class that we do on Fridays uh, at, at the gym, the kids' comp class, sometimes, you know, you got to kind of motivate them, kick them in the ass and be like, boys, like we need to, there's yeah. a competition coming up. Let's like, you know, get, get in it. the mentality. <laughs> right. And then, you know, so like the some of the older boys will come to the adult comp class and they'll see the adults and how we like we're getting at. There's not like a lot of talking, not a lot of bullshitting. Yeah. And we're going, going, going. And then I brought Hudson to uh, when we go to Bose oh, yeah, and yeah. he got to see because you know, I would come home and my gi would just be soaking wet. And they're yeah. like, what the hell's the matter with it? I'm like, you just got to see like what we're doing. Like yeah. we're. There's no bullshit. Like and everyone's trying to kill you because everyone's trying to compete. <laughs> and those guys are good. Like, yeah, and everyone's like, at a good high level. Everyone's, yeah. you know, wanting to compete at a high level or competes at a high level. And though, you know, that's that iron sharpens iron. I mean, that's I kind of view it as like the best guys from whatever gym showing up just to have some good roles with other dudes because everybody's yeah. super fucking cool too. Yeah, like, no one's like trying to hurt each other or stuff like that. And it's it's always like in wrestling. Like I think it, in jujitsu. Like traditionally, like that's like a no. Like, why are you going to that guy's fucking gym to, to train or this, that, and the other? But I think it's getting better. But like in college, you'd go to other wrestling rooms all the time, all the time. And like, and like that's how you got better, right? You'd have other like like other opponents and stuff like that. And what 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 better way to test your shit on someone else that doesn't really know your game beforehand? Yeah. But there's also an argument that if if like you're getting the guys in your gym with the same shit all the time, then you should, probably should be able to get it on anybody. But I don't know. What do you feel about that, man? Uh, I, th- I think that a lot of places that are like insecure about having their guys go train with other people, they're not really secure with their product. Right. You know what I mean? I tell all my guys like, hey, always go cross train. If you have a chance, absolutely. Go to this open mat. I don't feel like I have an inferior product, so I'm not worried about like, I think some of these instructors do that is almost like a self-preservation, but they're studying their guys' growth in that sense. You know what I mean? Because right. they don't, maybe they're not real secure with the product they're putting out and then their blue belt goes to the open mat and gets tapped out by a bunch of white belts and then he right. starts to question, oh, why am I training here with this guy? when this guy this other gym's white belts are putting uh tapping me out you know yeah and so i think a lot of that not wanting their students <coughs> to do could be that uh, i feel like too you have to take it um into consideration too like there's pros to it absolutely but there's cons to it as well um if you're going to be going against people that you might be competing against they can oftentimes see some of the your game and you might be fighting them several times that year, especially in the state, you know? Right. So if I go with people that I may be competing against, I never go like, I'm, I'm always doing like 50% or I'm going like my B game or my C game to kind of keep some of that under wraps in case we do end up fighting again that, right. that year. They're like, holy shit, Matt's much better than he was at the open mat. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? I'd rather them kick my ass at the open mat. They're like, right. man, he sucks. And then they take me for granted when it goes <laughs> to the thing, you know? But training is training, you know? And I feel like the more looks and the more bodies and the more people you get, not only that, you get to fellowship with people. Mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu is a cool group of people for the most part and so like you meet so many different people through those uh open mats and those are opportunities that like hey well when you're in or you get a guy visiting out of state hey when you come to texas come train with us at this gym and you're like get invited to places and stuff like that and if you're only training with the same guys i feel like it's a recipe to get stagnant too Mm -hmm. you go to the gym and let's say you and your buddy are always going at it you guys know your game better than anybody else and oftentimes you start to shut each other's games down Mm -hmm. right and like the moves you want to do he already knows you're going to do so then it it, it actually is a detriment to you because you're not able to even do the moves you want. Right. Well, you go with a different individual, <coughs> you may go and get your move, but he also may counter in a different way you've never seen before. And then it's like, aha, I just unlocked right. this new route. 
now. You know, and it's like, so for me, it's like that. Like, if you want to be good at an armbar, your goal should be to learn every defense for the armbar. And if you only have a couple different takes on the defense for the armbar, you have a limited viewpoint, and therefore your armbar can never be the best armbar ever. But if you're going with different people, you may see, oh, this guy defended in a weird way I've never seen before. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, there's multiple right answers to the same thing. And if you're only staying in your own little place, and, and that could be a problem, you know? Sure. Now, if you're going to open mat and people are, like, fucking hurting you, then obviously don't go to that open mat, you And know? that's where Alex worries with me. He's like, he's like, because he started in, like, the 90s when there was all fucking convicts and criminals and shit like that, and they're just fucking hurting each other, like, all the goddamn time. And, and he's like, just be careful, dude. He's like, he's like, it's like a mini tournament. When you go to these things, he's like, just be careful. He's like, and, 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 and he's coming from a place of, of concern. He's like, don't go in there and get hurt. I'm like, yeah. I get that. So. And there, there is that case too, you know? But like, yeah. I try to, even when I'm training regular, like I, in the gym, I'm only at 80% ever, yeah. no matter where I go. And then, like, I reserved that last 20 So for, when you triangled the fuck out of me, I was only 80%? I'm and that was like, <laughs> Mike didn't want me to tell you this, but it was like 35%. Yeah, <laughs> was, that was my yeah, first time yeah. at that open mat. I didn't yeah, want to be a dick, yeah, you know? Yeah. So you were my first role, you know? No. Uh, but no, I, I try to only save that 100%. Like, to me, it, it's a way to not hurt people as well. Because it's like, all right, for I've sure. had people in positions in a footlock or an armbar that I know for a fact if it was tournament and I'm cranking 100%, yeah. that foot's going to get popped. And right. I would rather lose the armbar or the foot in the gym then potentially hurt a training partner sure. or per, even if it's somebody open mat, hurt an open mat person. Yeah. Because I know in my head, like, oh, I would have had that if yeah. I was going this. You know, you know when you have something. Exactly. Like, you can just have it and, back, But some so. people are like so hell bent on getting out that it's like, I care about your arm more than yeah, you do. No, you know what sure. I mean? And so it, there, there's some dangerous, but if you go with the right people, I think it's fine, you know? Yeah. And even in there, there's there's one guy and I like him. He's awesome or fucking whatever. And he's like, we're going to roll. I'm like, no, dude, you're just going to fucking lay on me for fucking six minutes. I'm like, yeah. and then he, he stopped doing it. Good. So, yeah, I'm like, I don't want fucking, you're 260 pounds, man. I don't want to fucking have you lay on me the whole fucking time. Yeah. Put me in a scarf hold, fucking hold me there. I'm like, yeah, I can sit here for six minutes, but is it comfortable for me? And am I learning anything? No. And not only that, you're not growing it at all from it. You're right. You know what like, I mean? And he really isn't either, but just by laying, you could lay on a couch. Yeah. I mean, go get a fucking <laughs> blow-up mattress and lay on the blow-up mattress. Exactly. I'm practicing side control. Right. You know what I mean? They're like, no, man, no. I mean, if he's trying to finish you that whole six minutes, then fine. But no, I think, not. yeah. You know, some of the big guys are, they just want to try and hold position and pressure yeah. you to like, it's, I, it doesn't They're work. Huggers. Yeah. They're huggers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they just it's not work. Big guys don't get enough hugs. You <laughs> they know? Don't. That's what it is. <laughs> But yeah, but I love him to death. All right, so you fucking start training. You're like, I'm going to put on the gi, and I'm going to go. So then start doing your thing, show up that day. Yeah, and so then we, we were training gi exclusively from then on. I bet you were happy, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see him in the gi, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. bet you were like, I've been, finally, I'm always dude. trying to tell yeah, him. Yeah, waiting, motherfucker. But, I'll try to tell him to do every tournament. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the addict. I'm the pusher. So I'm also right. like, hey, sign up for these, 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 these. Are you going to be in town this day? Oh, we can, yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah, I'm the pusher. Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't really like doing the local tournaments. Just yeah. I don't like doing them either. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't dislike them, but they're not like, there's something about going to the IBJJF tournaments where like, this is it right here. Well, mine comes from just being cheap. <laughs> not me. Yeah. Like, my, that's all mine is. Yeah, so right. like, I'm going to pay 150 bucks. And I went to at Master Worlds. There was fifty guys in my bracket. Like right. I get six fights for a hundred bucks or right. hundred fifty bucks. Like I'm winning. That's great. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm looking at like the cost benefit. You know what I mean? You know what you should start doing. I I started doing it last year. I would just go fight down. Yeah. So like I'd fight adult or I'd fight thirty to thirty five. Yeah. Because you're gonna fucking get challenged there for sure, and there's more guys there too, so you can right. get more matches. I'm gonna. St- 
do a car wash fundraiser for Mike. <laughs> to get Mike to compete. I didn't know that was the issue. Now I know that's the issue. Right. I just thought he didn't he want to compete cheap local. Oh, so. no, I, you didn't know he's a cheap ass? I didn't know, but oh, now I'm going to do a fundraiser. I, it's not that I can't afford it. I just, I'm just looking at it like, well, if I'm going to drop a, yeah, 100 bucks for a t-shirt in one fight. So yeah. sponsors, uh, help this guy out. Yeah. Anybody anybody out there? Sponsor a firefighter? That I'm that just I, cheap. That actually reminds me, like, after last year, people were like, hey, bro, are people fucking calling to sponsor? I'm like, yeah, the Pens called yesterday and fucking insure wants me to start fucking <laughs> pumping their shit. Like, nobody fucking cares about a forty-year-old world champion, dude. It's oh, all the yeah. youngsters, dude. That's what that's what they care about. But all right, so so now I'm like getting into the weight cut because now you know with the gi, there's a different weight, you know, yeah. and I want to I want to fight at middleweight. Um, so this it's a new weight class, it's a better class for you, way better. I yeah. feel a lot stronger at it. Um, you know, the guys are a little bit faster, you yeah. know, but it's at my age group, it's it's not. You know, it's not that that much of a difference. But you're still fast. I still have a little bit of it in the yeah. tank, you know. Um, but so now I start the weight cut, and then now it's starting to figure out. Like, man, I was calling you, and like, man, oh, yeah. I haven't done this in 20 years, <laughs> right, man. Yeah. Like, the weight cutting. Right. Like, I got to figure this out again, and, yeah. you know, how your body feels with working out, weight cut, yeah. and, you know, the dehydration and all that. And so it's easier in jujitsu, not the way Matt does it. Cause you told me a few stories about how he cuts weight. Yeah, don't follow me for weight cutting yeah. advice. It's like, no. I'm like, that sounds the crash me. diet. Yeah, that sounds fucking miserable. I'm like, yeah, crash diet, jump in a car, turn on the heat, and drive somewhere, and cut weight the whole time. Animal. Well, when me and you went that day, I was I was cutting. I was like eight pounds over. You're making it fucking worse. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> You're making it even worse. No, I think Mike uh, was was. Uh, was was fucking telling me that because you ended up going with Jake later on that day and fucking Jake said he's like you said fuck I'm done bro I'm fucking I was done. cramping in both <laughs> legs yeah <laughs> and we did extra rounds after you know and I'm like dude I can't I yeah. can't walk I can't <laughs> straight both legs are cramping I got hamstring cramps in both legs terrible well, since I was your first role you were fresh yeah yeah, yeah I was 100 yeah, hydrated there that was the start of the cut good good, so you're good. good. <laughs> but now like getting used to you know getting down on weight and then you know traveling and I I, I don't know I have a thing with like have like you know telling people that i'm going to you know and having like my family come and show well, it's up personal and dude and it's like we're not doing it for anybody else like like yeah like we're doing it for us like my like we don't need to go into it but like my journey was very specific last year and like mm -hmm. why i did it but it, it's all it's very personal it's like it's not a measure of it well let me take that back for guys like us that aren't fucking trying to prove anything to anybody we're, we just have something to prove to ourselves yeah like it's a different thing dude like and, and i think a lot of times um, I don't want fucking people asking me. Right. Yeah, and I, I it's not that I like it, telling guys at work, like I, I have no ego towards it to say, oh, I'm competing at the world champion. Like I, yeah. I don't really care. Right. You know, if anything, I want to promote the gym. Yep. You know, and, and have a like to show a good product coming out of the gym. Yep. You know, to build that brand. Um, but for me personally to like build an ego and stuff, I could care less, really, right. you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so just getting ready for it, and then we we just we stuck with the gi every even no gi class. It was bring your gi, <laughs> you know, type of thing. And um, I think even I can't remember if it was when we were doing no gi. Oh, that was for no gi where we would have the gi, but I couldn't get grips to, to practice for no gi. But anyway, so um, then looking at my bracket and doing the same thing, dude. I started stalking everybody and figuring out. You're like, a hard stalker, huh? Oh, dude, I want to know everything. <laughs> I want all the information, dude. I want to yeah. know what your background is, what your game plan is. Like, I want to oh, know yeah. all that. I'll watch some videos what you on you for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to know it all, McDonald's. dude. <laughs> research, man. That's research. I want to know it all, you yeah. know. I'll, I'll watch a few things, but I feel like, like watching some of the matches, it's like styles make matches. And then, like, 
like, yeah, maybe that guy's fucking just super weak or whatever else. So it's kind of hard to. And, and one thing that I try to tell Mike too is that like, okay, so watching your opponents, it could be a double-edged sword. Most people are going to put their best product of themselves online, right? You have a polished picture of yourself. You have a yeah. filter on. You, you, there's no highlight video of you getting your ass kicked. No on one flow, posts that. though, you no, can't hide. True, true, correct. Yeah. But I mean, if you, but some people aren't on flow. I just watch I mean? flow. No. And that's it. But yeah. even then, you have to. So you're wa- if you're watching just to get like little nuances or like, okay, he likes this, get a general idea. Yeah. And it's not going to make you more nervous or make that guy up to be like he's on a pedestal then it's okay to watch if you're doing it and watching it without emotion, which it's hard for a lot of people to be unattached to that. You know what I mean? And so I don't want it to sway the other way because the thing is you can watch 10 fights on flow. Okay. And Mike might beat every single one of those guys that that guy beat, but it makes that guy look like a badass on flow. Right. But the problem is the missing equation is Mike wasn't there to fight that guy. And that's, I mean like the styles, like this guy is like, there's no way like, and I get that. And I try and, I take it with a grain of salt. I just want to know, like, all right, this guy is a guard puller or he's fucking going to try and pass. And that's it. And outside of that, I really don't care. But it can can affect you in different ways, too. I remember I've beaten world champions that I didn't know were world champions, and I lost the guys that I knew were world champions. Gotcha. And so if you're impressionable and and your mind is, you know, just like it's it's, it's a muscle, basically, you know what I mean? Like, just like your body, if you're not working around the gym, if you're not conditioning your mind to be prepared for something like that and you're in a weak moment, that might start to intimidate you. And you might subconsciously throw that fight or already go in with a losing mentality because of a video that you watched online. Fuck that guy flying triangle to everybody in his highlight video. I don't think you're built that way. No, I like I I, I want to see if they're are they a wrestler or are they pulling guard? And now looking back on it, because it was so new everything was so new to me. Yeah, you're trying to you figure know, shit out. <laughs> that now I'm kind of realizing that at least at our age group and our uh, our belt level, most guys didn't wrestle. Yeah. Like we're we're the very few that wrestlers that have kind of stuck with athletics. Yeah, they're probably brown or black belts. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did it early. They were smart and did it yeah, early. Yeah, they're not like us like, hey, it's in our forties, let's start doing fucking pajama wrestling. Yeah. yeah. And so most guys are gonna be guard pullers or learning, you know, type of thing. And so, and I'm really confident in my wrestling game, you yeah. know, and as you should be, it's good. And, and, you know, ran into two guys that were just better. And I, like I said, I'm okay with that, you know, but. And um, you didn't have an easy journey through it when you met that guy in the semis. No. Like that, that, that kid before wasn't, he, he was, he was, he was good. Yeah. No, that, the guy that tried to triangle me yeah. um, and he had it sunk twice, you know, but thank God I go to kids class because that, <laughs> that saved my life. You know, good thing I learned something that a seven-year-old to fucking learn. And, and, and look, watching that other guy's matches, I think he triangled both of the other opponents that yeah. he fought. And I told Mike, I'm like, hey, he's going to pull coming. and he's going to shoot a triangle <laughs> yeah. on you. And right. we knew it was going to come. You know, it just came in a little bit different later in the fight than we thought. You know, but right, yeah. And so, and like even the first guy I fought, like he was, he was tough. And I remember I had him in a choke, and afterwards. You know, after we won, after I won and stuff, and I was talking to him, he's like, dude, I, I heard him gurgling. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, I, I was not going to tap. You were going to put me unconscious. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> dude, we're 40 years old. Like, I got a J-O-B I got to go to. Yeah. I'm not trying to get fucked up. Like, I'll let you choke me out, but I don't think I'll <laughs> other than that, because you're just going to wake up like, what the fuck? Where am I at? Who yeah. You think that, though. But there are worse cases than that. You pee so your pants a little you bit? shit your pants. Oh, that would suck. I had that happen. Not to me, but I put another guy to sleep. <laughs> it was at an open mat of all places, and it was a black belt, and I had him in a loop choke, and I'm like, that was a brown belt, and I'm like, fuck, this is deep. How is he not tapping? And like, yeah. why is he not fighting? I'm like, are you okay? And then he didn't say anything, so <laughs> I let go, and I have no idea how long he was out for. <laughs> and so as soon as he wakes up, he comes up, and he's just a big fucking, he was a Bellator fighter. He's a big fucking guy, and he's like, 
dude, I was tapping. Why didn't you let go? And thankfully, there was two other black belts there. And like, dude, we watched the whole thing. You never tapped once. And anyways, he gets up and like turns around and his fucking white pants are just covered in... Oh, so yeah. the the thing to remember is right. it could be worse than that. You I'll wake up and you've already lost, right? You've already lost. So not only that, it it when someone goes out, it's like a spotlight on that mat. Everybody looks. Oh yeah, for so sure. So everybody sees that you lost, and now everybody sees that you shit your pants on the mat. It could be worse. I'm saying. I'm thinking finals oh, yeah. of worlds. Yeah, I'm probably gonna just wait till the very it. last. Second, yeah, that's then a, tap. Yeah, when the yeah. light comes, you right. tap, but don't that's go completely a, out. I didn't fucking get it. Yeah. But no, it was I, it was a great experience, you know, and and I think you know going through all that and that big of a tournament and having that many matches and you know I, I, my weight cut I could have done it a lot better because I did get worn out quicker in those matches um, than I normally would. How but close were you the day before? I, I was like two or three under, oh, you know. But yeah. then I was like, well, I'm gonna I still ate and stuff, yeah. you know. But then it was it wasn't as much as I probably should have, and oh, and it right, wasn't right. the right stuff that I probably should have. Right. It was mainly just like chicken and vegetables you know right. where i needed the carbohydrates in there to keep i was that. gonna say at, at, when when we were in texas when we were eating at that place for nogi we had we ate well oh there. dude i had three plates of food it was yeah. amazing and i felt great and that's what i need to do is is kind of focus on on that Get down part sooner of it. yeah you know but um yeah i think you know having that and the the nerves and all that going into it because then it's like now this is a bit this, this is a real like tournament like this is oh, a big yeah. thing and and the Masters Worlds, I think, because it was an even bigger tournament, like those guys in the gi, especially at IBJJF, it's so much more. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna fight an even better guy than he, at Nogi, I think. To me, it was right. You know, like the guys that were doing it, like they were true jujitsu. Like that's what they do is the the gi jujitsu, you yep. know. And I think the Nogi, because of our wrestling background. Uh, we have we just have a little bit of a leg up at the lower belt. Yeah. Where when we go to the gi, it's we still like the takedowns are fine and all that. But once I get through the takedown, like they slow you way down. Oh fuck yeah! You know, and it's, it's handles everywhere. That's what I was frustrating Scott today because, but I was showing him stuff. I'm like, this is a grip you need to have. Like it neutralizes a lot of stuff. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. And like kind of with you too, I was kind of telling you like, yeah, just move here, do here, do that. Because I think. Like, I told Scott today, I'm like, fuck, I wish someone was here to tell me all this shit when I started. Because, like, uh, to coach a wrestler and to coach a guy off the street, you always, I think you probably have to coach him a different way. But, like, another wrestler being able to talk to another wrestler as they come in and be like, these are the things you should focus on and these are the things that you should do because yeah. it's going to get you further down the line quickly versus trying to, like, just figure it the fuck out. Like, how do I adopt my, my wrestling to my jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu to wrestling and all this other shit, but you can kind of help them along, like, a little bit sooner because like i'm like don't worry about trying to fucking submit everybody like just figure out what the fuck you're doing for a while like be we call it anti-jujitsu like develop your anti-jujitsu game so like so you are putting yourself in bad positions and able to escape out of them or wherever else right so but yeah and i you know i I, when i got done and everything was you know i lost that semifinals match and it was a good match too it was and he was a you know like i said he was a really good wrestler and you know he was an active coach too right yeah Yeah. and you know so he's still involved in in wrestling which i'm sure helps i mean to keep your timing and all that stuff down um but you know i was i was i I was upset with myself that i lost is that's just our mentality but at the same time i was i was proud of where i'd come from Dude, in that in that awesome. in that amount of time first gi you know? tournament like that's yeah and that's yeah and, you know being the first gi tournament i've ever i ever did and it's that one yeah you know to go into that and again i think it's a testament to matt and with his coaching that 
he's kind of brought me up into this in, you know, like eight months, yeah. you know, to kind of bring me up to that level, yep. you know, so, um, but it, it felt good. And then afterwards, you know, after the adrenaline wears off and then it's like, fuck, my shoulder hurts, my knee hurts, my hip hurts, <laughs> everything starts hurting. It was like, I need to take a little break, you know, because I, once I got into that mindset, like we talked about, it was, I'm going fucking hard yep. training, workouts, sure. everything. And I was going to break my body down. And then yeah. now it's like, now it's the rebuilding to kind of start the season again. And I was forced. Like, I was going to take the time off anyway. And then in my first match, I ended up spraining my MCL and tearing meniscus in my fucking first match. And I knew it right off the bat. Like, I was like, God damn it. So I had him tape it up or whatever. And I'm just like, whatever you can do, you get off the mat as quickly as possible. That's what you need to do. Because next, because the next day I was walking like a fucking pirate. I peg leg the fucking thing all swelled up or, yeah. or stuff like that. But yeah, being older, I'm, I'm sure people are probably like, the fuck is wrong with you guys? But oh yeah, I don't know. I um, want to earn the chair though. Yeah, you know, I, honestly though, yeah. I don't want to be some just fat ass with diabetes, and that's why I have the wheelchair. Like For I sure. want to be like, hey, I earned the wheelchair. Like I lived a life, you know. Yep. Like I always like if there's two pair of shoes and one pair is this nice dress shoe, or you have this pair of work boots, like, and they're just ragged and torn to shit, you know. That guy's story, I'd rather listen to him than the other guy because he's For seen sure. some shit, he's been through some shit. Not only that. My goal is to look like shit in the casket. I want to be like, <laughs> fuck, he was, he was only 55? Yeah. He looks like he looks he's fucking, fucking 85. Horrible. Because that's like that pair of shoes, a life well lived, you know? Right. I want to earn the fucking chair. <laughs> I'll put all my medals on that shit, a little rascal scooter, you know? I don't want to play bingo and golf when I'm older. But there is, like, training smart gives you the longevity, right? Because yeah. are you 40 yet? No. No, yeah. So I identify as 40, but 36. Yeah, so... <laughs> So, like, to be able to do it for a long time, you have to kind of come in and out of seasons and fucking t turn up the volume, turn down the volume, like, be able to get through that stuff. And, and like, one thing I do notice with fucking jujitsu guys is they're the fucking worst about fixing an injury. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? That's been bothering me for two fucking years. Go get a fucking MRI on it. You have fucking insurance. Like, for me, like, as soon as something's fucked up, straight to fucking PT guy or whatever, like, and I fix it. Because if not, then it turns into fucking something else, yeah. like, later on. So, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu guys, fuck, they're the worst, dude. Yeah, I agree. Why is that? Uh, we're stupid in certain areas. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was like that for a long time, and then I started to be like, that. so if you don't take time to take care of that stuff, Jiu-Jitsu forces you to take care of that stuff because then the problem compounds and gets even worse and then you're like, fuck, well, now. So, like, you could have a tear in your meniscus and then it turns into a bucket tear and then yeah. it, it locks up your joint. Well, now I have no choice. I have to literally get this taken now care of because my leg... nine months. Yes, exactly. If yeah. I would have got it done, I could have been back in a month, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think just hard-headed and don't want to stop, you know? Yeah. So and it, it's an addiction, man. Like yeah, it's, it's a healthy one for sure. Like, yeah. It's better than fucking... Drinking every day and whatever, like stuff like that. But I'll, I'll take it over anything else. Well, Absolutely. I think it forces you to be healthy. Like, yeah, you know, especially with competition. Like, I, when now going to compete, like, you know, my like I said, my diet's pretty good anyways. But, yeah. you know, like I, it forces me to, to focus more on that and focus more on, you know, st especially stretching and mobility. Yeah. At our age, you know, oh, like the strength yeah. is fine. You know, it's the, the, the mobility that I need to really work on because, like, my hips are. You know, like he's, we were working on a move the other day and he was like, Hey, just go out down on your hip. And I was like in the pigeon, but my, my knees like, <laughs> that's at a 45. That's at a 45. He's <laughs> like, dude, no, you got to go down. I was like, that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Like the movement thing is huge. And that's one thing that I've, that, that, uh, that I've always knew, known that I had to do is that, but that I started doing that shit earlier, even, you know, before jujitsu, but like, yeah. and even guys that don't do it, like 
you know, doing hip glides in the gym or, or like whatever. There's like a 25 year old kid like, bro, how in the fuck are your hips that tight? Like I can fucking do hip glides with no problem. But, you know, if somebody else can't do them, stuff yeah. like that. But, take, you know, taking care of your body. And I did want to kind of talk about like, because I watched a video yesterday. Um, I don't know what the fuck. But they were talking about the difference between a master's world champion and an adult world champion. And like, I don't think master's guys walk around like, I'm fucking the baddest motherfucker in the world. But... Like the adult world champions, those are the young kids, the eighteen to twenty nine year olds, like the like like the professionals. But I think even at Masters Worlds, even at Masters three or four, stuff like that, like those guys that are winning it are still putting in as much fucking work as an eighteen to twenty nine year old. They just don't have that age. Like they may may I'll take that back. Those those eighteen to 20, 29 year olds might be working out maybe one or two more times. A day than like an older guy, but I know for me, dude, like I was fucking performance training at seven o'clock for fucking two hours, and I was going straight to the fucking gym and fucking training there for two hours, and I was lifting and I was doing all conditioning shit. Like, I mean, I don't like, I don't know. You're you're definitely not as good as as an eighteen to twenty nine year old for sure, but I think it carries a decent amount of weight if you're a world champion in any masters class. Absolutely. What do you think, I think dude? so. As long as your division doesn't have like two guys, you know, or yeah, one guy like sure, that, right, right. you get your participation trophy <laughs> right. uh, at the World Championships, which doesn't happen that often. But uh, I feel like they're they're different in, in the sense too. Like if you take the black belt for example, the black belt adult is ten minute match at Worlds, and the Masters is uh, five depending on five or six depending on what uh, Masters age group you are. A five minute match is very short. Okay, there's guys that have won adult worlds that are now in the masters that can't win masters worlds. You got to get like, after it like, fast. Uh, there's Cachino, uh, I think his name is, mm-hmm. uh, out in the West. Really good guy. He's, he won worlds or podium even at adult worlds, and and then this last couple times at masters worlds, like he wasn't able to make the podium, or if he did, it was like a bronze medal. So like, it doesn't always equate. And not only that, like in the black belt, there's that small room for error. So if a guy scores on you. And then all he has to do is not get submitted or not get swept for a couple minutes. That's much easier to do than a 10-minute match right. where you have a lot more time to come back. So I feel like it's a different uh, different set. game. It's, yeah, it's, it would be hard to really compare them. Uh, obviously, there's different points in the life, too. And like so like you have a guy that's a master's competitor. Right? He's older. He probably has a family, probably has kids. He has a full-time mm-hmm. job that he's working, maybe two jobs even sometimes. So he has more responsibility. If he gets hurt, like, okay, his livelihood is not jujitsu in the case. There are cases that it is. That's an instructor who owns a school and stuff like that, and jujitsu is his life. And the 18-year-old kid, like, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, being able to walk again for his wife or kids <laughs> right. for a couple months if he gets hurt. Not only that, if he does get hurt, it's a much quicker recovery time, you know what I mean? So uh, I feel like, obviously, the adult world is the pinnacle of jujitsu in terms of the gi. Um, but... Like the Masters World's like shit. I, I think I had 48, 40, 52 guys in my bracket, uh, and then in twenty nineteen when I got hurt in the quarterfinals, I had something like sixty guys in my bracket. Like that's a lot of fights there Fuck in yeah, one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the adult world's is like sometimes like fifteen guys. You know what I mean? So like, and all of that they fight. I think up into the semifinals, and then they fight the next, the next day. day. That so yep. it's like the two. It'd be hard to compare the two. Gotcha. Uh, you know, and all of that like. Some of these guys that are in the masters division now at black belt were guys that were winning the adult mm-hmm. at black belt, and yep. it's just it, it it's uh, it's unfair to compare. It would be like anything else, like comparing an eighteen year old kid to a thirty five year old kid or right. a thirty five year old adult. Sorry, it's just a different aspect. But I feel like they're both accomplishments because it's at your age. Mm-hmm. It's not like if the eighteen year old won masters world, then it would be different. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Then it wouldn't be as high of an achievement because he's not going with his peers. Right. But when it's somebody who's at your age, at your level, you know what I mean? Like, that's a big achievement. For that sure. means you're the best guy in the world at your weight and age. You yeah, know what I mean? I so that, that means something, especially if it's a tournament like that with 52 guys. Especially if like you're an old dude out there getting after you. Like, you should definitely celebrate those guys. Absolutely. And just the fact that you're still competing at that age is right. awesome, you know? Although they're probably like on every steroid and testosterone <laughs> and Viagra. Like, you see this guy pull up, and I see it all the time. I remember the first time I went to Masters World, I see this guy. Like, he looks like he's 70. And he has like an eight pack. I have one. I have one ab. You know, I'm like, fuck, man. If I want him to piss in this cup just to see what he's on, you know. Well, Mike and I talk about that, and like one of the things for me was like, I want to win a fucking world title with nothing on board. Absolutely. Like, and know, I'm 100 percent natural. Yeah. Like, like I just started it. taking protein this year. Yeah, I don't even That's take how that. That's fucking natural. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> fucking take that. But like, I just like because to me, it's like that if. The playing field's not level. Absolutely. Right. And it's not the adult. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys. And it's easy to cheat at the adult because you get tested one time a year. And uh, COVID shook everything up a little bit. But before that, you always knew that the world championship was going to be at the end of May. Gotcha. And so you literally had cycle off. a year <laughs> in advance to cycle off. Right. If you get caught doing that, you're just a moron. <laughs> and there were people that would get caught. Not only that, they only test the winner at Black Belt. That's it? The, just the winners of each division. Oh, geez. And it's like you look at some like so there's plenty of people that are on it that aren't winning. Like if you look at the blood doping thing with Lance Armstrong, I think they had to go down to like 60 seconds or the 14th place. place. Yeah, to figure yeah. out the na- the actual Jesus. natural guy. Yeah. Because everyone's doing it, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. you'll see guys that were like at purple and brown belt, you know what I mean? They're totally on it and then they figured out oh they're going to start testing and then at black belt their like physique changes a little bit and even if even if that like it's it's such a, it, like I don't know how you win and, and not how do you feel not guilty. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, you know you cheated. Yeah. Like, okay, whether it gets you better technique, it's not going to give you better technique. But if, you, no. but if you have a competitive advantage to train five times a day and recover that much faster, for sure, that's, that's a competitive advantage that you're using over somebody else, and it, it's a banned substance. Yep. Like, how do you sleep at night? And there's plenty of them. I think if you get popped once for that, you should be disqualified from competition forever. Ooh, that'd be a, that's me. a lifetime ban. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Because fucking you cheater. You're a cheater. Like, yeah. we have rules for a reason. Right. And any championships you won, they should be have a fucking asterisk next to yeah, it. Yeah, take them away. And say that you are that you cheated when you won this. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's such a disservice to the guy that got silver or bronze, who actually did it the right way and worked hard. And maybe if he had that competitive advantage, he would have beaten you. For you sure. Know? And I just feel like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no. That's another I, whole no. thing, man. I, I, I'm totally I agree on that. that yeah. It's like now, there are know. things that like are medical. Like, all right, Masters masters 4, Masters 5. Like, okay, those guys probably need to be on TRT. Right. Because, like, man, they're not having a good sex life. They're they they, right. they it, they're going to be sore every day. Like, there's a reason for that. But you have young kids on TRT. You know what I mean? Shouldn't they don't need it. to be on it. You have young kids. And, and what, what precedent is it setting for these younger generation of kids? Where now you're going to have little kids on steroids now, too, to have yeah. a competitive advantage. You already see it. Like, all right, so little eyes see, you know, little ears hear and little feet follow. Like, you are the example for the next generation of jujitsu. Right. And you see so many of these black belts, like, rip their gi off and, like, raw, you know, (laughs) boa, you know what I mean? (laughs) And and then I go to local tournaments and I see little kids doing that. And I'm like, okay, so you don't, so you think if they're going to adopt all these things that you're already doing, they're not going to also go for steroids. So it's not just affecting you, you're affecting the next generation of jujitsu athletes. Yeah. And I don't know. I I agree. I think that's just a shitty thing to do. Because they shouldn't be needing, like anyone that needs it for obviously like those other medical type things that that we had talked about, like because you are generally low, like stuff like that. It's like, that's fine, dude. But but even in that range, like you could, like uh, like a medical dose is going to get you back to a normal level. 
<laughs> what are you taking? Like, oh yeah, dude, I'm, I've I've low testosterone. Like, you look like you're taking about six cc's a week. Yes. That's not yeah. low testosterone, dude. You're taking whatever they're giving you, and then you're adding whatever else on top of so that. So to get up to the level that you needed to be at, yeah, the therapeutic okay. level. But yeah. I'm talking like masters four saying. and yeah. five and six. Okay, we don't really care anymore. You're on the mat, <laughs> yeah. right? I know you're on Viagra, whatever. <laughs> like it's cool, you know. Right. But at the lower levels, you shouldn't need it. Now, like if you have a thing and there's a, doctor, I don't even think you should need it at, at four, five, or six. To get that high, like a therapeutic level, oh, no, get just you back to, get to normal. a baseline, just a normal, yeah, that's just it, normal, yes. that's it. But then that's where you get into the gray area of who decides what normal is, and right. you know, is this really well, normal? Well, there's actually numbers they can tell you, like you're within that range. Okay, but like, you know, I don't know that much about it because yeah, I don't cheat, so I don't know. No, like trust me, dude, we we deal with this shit oh all the God. fucking time. So it's like there are therapeutic levels that they would. If you're on it, I'm not on it. I've never been on it, but. Can you piss in this it. cup for me? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Might be some THC in there, but that's about it. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but, uh, in a low grade uh, horse tranquilizer. But, yeah, but, right. but, um, but those guys that are on it all the time, because there's a lot of firemen that take it. Like, like, like they think that firemen, period, no matter what age you're on, should be on some type of therapeutic dose of it because of the shift work and the cortisol and all this other bullshit. Well, it's true stuff, but... Well, that, that makes a little more sense, though. Yeah. Their sleep's getting messed up. It's messing yeah. up their hormones and the. But those guys stuff. get tested. You should be getting tested on a regular basis to know where your numbers are at because gotcha. you don't... Like, just like anything, if there's too much of it, it's going to be bad for you for the long term, right? Just a bunch but, of roided out fires. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. Rage and like, you got the grocery store. <laughs> right, well, and your fucking longevity for it. Like, you're going to break down up eventually, shit like that. So, yeah. this year, what... What tournament you doing? Uh, try to do. Pan- it depends on what comes out. Like where. Well, remember, we're gonna do the fundraiser, so <laughs> speak freely. Now. It's not we a got money you. Pay. We got a sponsor right here. <laughs> Go fund me. So yeah. me and I'm gonna do. Uh, me and Hudson are gonna do our first tournament together. That just your World League local. That'll be my first local. March. March. Yep. yep. We're gonna do that one. Yeah. Uh, signed up and only the gi because I want to really work on the All gi. Right. Uh, Why not do both? I said the same. Yeah. I want to focus on. You're already there. I did both. Last <laughs> and time. the nogi comes after, so yeah, <laughs> you're still focused on the gi that the nogi takes the back seat. You see, my drug, my drug <laughs> dealer just keeps. Are you uh, are pusher you, man? Are you gonna bump down a class or fight Masters three? Uh, you two. I'm in Masters two. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in Masters two, we'll do that one. Uh, do nationals, but this time I'll do nationals in the gi as well. Okay. Uh, and then go to if uh, depending on when Pans is. The, Pans is April. I'm going. That's the uh, gi or nogi. Gi. The gi one. Yeah. So I already told Matt, I have a, we have the fire department fishing tournament. And oh, I, that's out. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. But I said he, he does come back in time to make it. <laughs> from, from Where there's there. a will, there's a way. I don't know. Yeah. It hasn't Man. closed yet. Let's just not close that door. Yeah. It might, it might, it's a baby, a strong baby. That's a long way to go without being ready for that one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to show up just barely hydrated. From drinking and shit all. <laughs> but think about how cool of a story that would be, right? <laughs> I want to know. Through adversity, through yeah. the drunken <laughs> drunken nights fishing, I came here, arrived half drunk, and still Off the, the couch. Still Even wanted. better. Yeah, because you're going to be at Blue, so yeah. Yeah, and I'll, oh, okay. I'll try to do pan nogis if, if those come up um, whenever they do, and then obviously do both the, the worlds again. Okay. You know, and obviously the goal this time is so to win So pretty them. much you're doing more this year. Yeah. Except, I mean... It sounds like you're gonna do everything but uh, uh, pans in the gi. Yeah, if if I can pull it off, you know, and yeah. and with you know, because now with work, I'm got doing my best three, and right. you know, now I got you know running help running the dog program, and right. you know all that other stuff. So 
try to fit these in in between all of that. And so I'm gonna try and do them all, all the big ones, and then I'll do whatever local stuff is here. Because I think like, it sounds like you, I sound like such an asshole when I say stuff like this. Like I feel like the local ones are good tune-ups for the IBJJF ones. I would agree. You know, I would think they. You get that one or two matches and, you know, and kind of work on some things that you're you're a little not yeah. as polished on. And it's not like like most of the most of the local tournaments, it's double elimination. So it's not like it's a single elimination. And if you lose and yeah. go back from there. Yeah, I think losing's good. So I know, Matt, I'm not going to ask because you're going to do every fucking tournament that shows up. <laughs> Oh, dude, he's on it. He's going. He goes this week, this uh, ne- weekend, next, next weekend, Sunday, the following. Austin, then the next week. Oh, so you're going to Austin? Yeah, Austin. Then right after that, the next week in Oklahoma. Then here local, and then New Orleans after that. And then I get a break, and then I think I'm Boise, Idaho after that. My goal is to be number one this year. Okay. Uh, last year I was out. I, 2019, I was out for almost a year and a half. I tore my groin in a couple different spots, and Ooh. so. Uh, it Stop took, pulling guard, bro. Yeah, I know, right? right? It, it, <laughs> it took me out for a long time. And so I actually just started getting back into competing this year, uh, the la- like in May. Okay. And so it's like, now this will be my first year actually like healthy again to compete at Black Belt. Okay. Like I, I had two years off my first, uh, my first year at Black Belt, and then after that I was injured. So uh, I want to really like make a mark, you know, and get back up and be the number one heavyweight in the world at Masters 2. And um, yeah, just go, and go on a tear, you know, and only way to get better might have – some goals, you know, I want to win 25 gold medals at the IBJJF this year uh, before the end of the year. So only way to get that number is by... Yeah, you got to be at least out. 12 to get 24, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. Exa- well, no. Uh, you do the opens. Qu- quadruple gold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could do quadruple gold. That's it. Maybe that's what I'm going for for Austin. That's what I'm going for Oklahoma. And I didn't realize how big of a deal that was until I did it. Yeah, it's and, hard to do. And then they, and then my coach pulled me aside. He's like, I don't think you realize what you just did. I'm like, what did I just do? He's like, that's not an easy thing to do. I'm like... I think it's a lot easier to do with blue than it is with black, obviously. But I mean, it's like, hard at any belt. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. You know I, I, mean? I don't know how, like, since we're, I, I, I would say Mike and I are super new to jiu-jitsu, even though we've only been doing it, like, a little over two years or whatever. I'm like, I'm still, I still feel like I'm fucking clueless. I still don't know how to tie my belt. Like, everyone's like, you still tie your belt like a five-year-old. I'm like, I'm just going to have to tie the motherfucker another 60 seconds anyway. <laughs> Why well, how am I going to learn this fancy belt tie? Exactly right. <laughs> so, but... But yeah, so I don't I don't understand the gravity of it sometimes. Where like you know, for even for I would even for Mike, like it was like I would expect, and probably like you, like I would expect Mike to be on the podium at fucking worlds. Like absolutely. Like, did you ever not think that he wasn't going to be on the podium, even in the gi? No, I thought he was going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I was like surprised actually. A yeah, bit. but we ran into that outlier. Right. You know, and he'll be better from it. And next year he'll go over there and he'll. Be version 2.0, and he'll have a lot more tools on his belt. Did he lose? Did, did him lose in the finals? Yeah, he got foot locked in the or uh, ankle ankle locked. <laughs> oh, that, really? And, and so the guy that's that, what I mean, that guy, that's all he did. He he literally submitted all his guys with an ankle lock, really, and a straight ankle lock. And I watched all of his matches after the fact, and he he was losing every single one of them. And it just at the very Hail Mary. He would every time. <laughs> and he would get it. He was really good with it. You right. know, and as soon as he'd lock it in, but this the, when he got that guy in the finals, he literally just pulled and that guy stepped right into it. And oh, and, and he he submitted him in probably thirty seconds in the finals. You think you Mike would have beat him? Uh, the guy in the finals, I think so. Yeah. Mike's more well rounded than that, absolutely. Right. He didn't really get to showcase a lot of his jiu because it was a wrestling match versus that guy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that guy was super short. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a wrestler, but I even understand it's hard to get, like, you got to get under the guy's hips, and it's, yeah. that's a hard task to do. That's where even, even, even if you didn't pull guard, like, uh, uh, working, like, more judo or, or jiu-jitsu grips from the standing would have put you, I think, in a better position and slowed that guy down. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, he, I think so. Mike could have sat guard. Yeah, and he yeah. Uh, maybe not then, but the mic now will. Well, then a couple months will be for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. just sweep that guy because I remember when he took me down, I, I almost got him up. He's a midget, and you know, and yeah. it was like, ooh, I could sweep this guy, you yeah. know. But I just didn't. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah, I just didn't have the the ability at the point at the time. But now with you know working with Matt and doing that, it's. I feel like the lights there. are finally turned on. Like, like, do you feel that way? Like about September last year, I'm like. Oh, okay. Like I feel like all right. I'm like now. Now I turn the dimmer up, fucking to full blast. I can see everything, and I like, things are coming easier now. They're not as it's it's not as much as a struggle. Are, well, I feel like I'm not uh, as uh, I don't get as tired because mm-hmm. I'm 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 more I'm being more efficient. Right. You know, like working with Matt and working on that being like getting out of that wrestling mindset of just go 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 go. You know, and, and starting to be more efficient. And then when you get to a certain position is kind of secure it better and kind yeah. of relax for a second instead of everything squeezing tight, and, you know. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know about for you, but like I, I went from a wrestling pace to too slow of a pace. And I had to kind of find that happy jujitsu yeah. pace because I think our, our styles are one that we want to run a higher tempo. For sure, but you know what I mean. So it's it's fucking it's weird. I'm still figuring it out, I guess. For well, sure. I like being high tempo on my feet, yeah, just because it makes guys really uncomfortable when you're moving and like right. you know faking in and out. But as soon as I get down now, it's okay. Now I'm gonna try to I'm gonna start thinking through this more because I I, th- I feel on my feet I don't have to think as much. Yeah, it's just like certain things come naturally, and for I sure. don't feel I don't feel necessarily uh, threatened. You know, yeah. a lot on my feet. For you sure. Know, even even when I'm in a kind of a shitty spot, like I feel like I can you wrestle out of wrestle it. out of it a little yeah. bit, you know. Uh, most times, two, right. two times I can't. But anybody, how do they find you? They want to come to the school. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Mattzilla BJJ. Uh, yeah, at Mattzilla BJJ. And that name is there because I didn't want anybody to find me from California when I left. So. That's where I got the nickname Mazzilla Gillette. It was just my Facebook handle, so it wouldn't oh, be gotcha. Matthew, so that nobody from my past could find me. So. <laughs> trying to hide or something? I, or something? Well, I, said, I, said I, I said I got kicked out of school. I was a shithead. I just got a new start. New name, new start, right? Fresh start. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming in, and Matt, like, thanks for taking time, Mike. Always. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you for having the time. I, like, I feel like uh, last year, like, our Carlson Gracie and, like, your school, we kind of just kind of became better and tighter and stuff like that and it, it's uh it's cool because like mike and i we spent a lot of time together and like you know being able to get triangled by you the first time that i met you and stuff that was cool too but so yeah. it just i i like the vibe and like i'm like i'm all you you guys aren't an underdog obviously but i like like the fucking model like little school big jujitsu like, absolutely I, I fucking love that so absolutely. that's that's a cool thing and, and if you need some help um Maybe potentially trying to look for a place. I know a lot of real estate guys that do commercial stuff. Matter of fact, there's a guy at our gym that has an industrial spot about 1,500 square feet that he's looking to try and either re-rent or sell or something like that. So Yeah, I'd love to get the info from you. If you need any help on that stuff, let me know. But if uh, you guys don't have anything else, I think that's it. Sweet. All right. As always, you can find us at anywhere. You can find a shitty podcast, and we're trying to get from... 16 listeners to 17. So now Matt's here. Maybe he can go 17. I'll subscribe. Perfect. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you.
Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howes, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders, your vision, their experience delivered.